Free Talk Live. You can bring up what you want if you dial the toll-free number, 800-259-9231. That's the SACL CAI toll-free line. 800-259-9231. Ian here with you. And Nick. And Mark. And you can join us on our website at freetalklive.com. All the features on the site we give away, so enjoy those on us. Again, freetalklive.com. Lots to talk about, as always. You make the calls. We talk to you about what you want. Otherwise, we bring up things interesting to us. And last night, Mark, you were going to tell us about a, a story involving a judge here in New Hampshire and making a ruling against YouTube. What happened? Well, I, I don't have there. There isn't a written story, but I did see the uh, um, the Ridley report on it. And essentially, the judge has ruled that um, you know Dave Ridley is not allowed to bring his camera into the courtroom because he's not really media. Um, was da- it was Dave Ridley. I thought it was somebody else. It was was Dave Ridley. I only got to see a portion of it. I believe it, it was so- someone on the East Coast. Oh, so it was one of our um, one of his sort of uh, the trainees. Uh no, I don't think so. I think it's someone else. Oh, well, they decided that uh, YouTube was not, in fact, a form of media. So that's really the the only news. I mean, it's not like it's a some huge story or anything like that. Yeah, it, it really, they've been kind of cracking down on cameras in the courtroom uh, up here in New Hampshire. And you mentioned Dave Ridley, and I'm glad you brought him up because that's certainly where I wanted to go with this discussion. Uh, I, I'm aware, I think, of who the individual is you're talking about, but I'm not positive, so I'm not going to go out on a limb. So let's just say it was Dave Ridley because he has tried to go and videotape things, and he has been rebuffed by, in many cases, the bailiffs, usually. Uh, usually he doesn't even make it into the courtroom. For instance, recently in the Keene area of New Hampshire, Keene District Court, Dave Ridley was told to leave the lobby so the area outside of the actual courtroom. Now, it's my understanding that by their own rules, by the government's own rules, one is supposed to be able to record in the court. I guess they have some sort of, you know, the judge has a, you know, a level of control over the parameters as far as, well, you have to be over there with your camera. So you can't be, you know, for instance, sitting at the defendant's table. Mm-hmm. So so they they just kind of change the rules as they go along basically as far as what they'll say to you they'll say to you something completely different than what their actual rules say yes and of course most people they don't know what their rules say so they can't cite anything right there's and, the, the, the you know the authority is there in front of you and the authority says whatever comes off the top of their head and they'll throw you in a jail cell if you disobey them charge yeah, you with they disorderly usually conduct usually go off and try to figure out what the rule is often they don't know what their own rules are that's that is true so dave was uh, again told to leave the lobby area of this courtroom which is clearly a public area clearly something in which the judge has no control over but yet they've decided to make that an issue now. You know, they've decided to to expand the prohibition on cameras out from we're just going to control our courtroom to now we're controlling the lobby as well. And so Dave Ridley from RidleyReport.com coming up here next week. In fact, a week from today, he is going to be going into the Keene District Court. He has sent them a letter in advance. He also sent a letter to the local newspaper announcing what his intentions are. And his intentions are. The local to, newspaper seems really riveted with what the what the uh, the, uh, the activists, activists are here are doing. Yeah, in they, <laughs> they ignore just about as much as they can. Uh, but he sent this letter out announcing his intention. There are going to be two hearings of uh, in particular interest to him on Tuesday morning, and that is one of Andrew Carroll, who, uh, if you've listened to the show for a little while, we had him on a, um, a couple months ago when he possessed uh, allegedly possessed marijuana in public, and, intentionally. Yes, intentionally. 
And so they brought him, they're bringing him up on charges on that. And this is a hearing, uh, I guess, an arraignment for him. Plus, Mike Barsky, who's another activist up here. Again, both of these guys are free staters. They have free state project members. They've moved here from uh, other parts of the country. And I, I actually think both of them are from California. Mike and Andrew, both from California. Anyway, they moved from California in order to be activists for liberty here. And Mike put together Freedom Fest, which is an outdoor festival involving people having a good time, food, and you know some outreach and yeah. socialization. Outreach uh, tables, band. Uh, 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 yes, a couple bands. And it was a great time. And so they decided, the government people decided they were going to go after him for putting that event together for assembly without a permit or something like that. That would have been really bad if that event didn't go off because I wouldn't have been able to see the Josh Noon band, which I really enjoyed. Great, great, great band. Josh is a good guy. So Dave is going in to this particular arraignment, and he has told the Keene District Court that I'm coming in there and I'm going to record and I'm not going to stop because the last time there was a camera in this particular courtroom was when they threw me into a prison cell. And they, after they took me out of the room, when they had first, at first arrested me, it took me into the secret tribunal room or semi-secret tribunal room. You guys were able to watch it because you, you were there, Mark. You yes. were sitting in the actual courtroom. You watched it on a television. It was very hard to hear from what I understand. Apparently, you should have been sitting in the courtroom, too. And the... I should have. And the cameraman was told he should sh- he needs to shut off his camera. And this is a guy who drove four hours from New York City yeah. in order to cover this particular trial. He was able to record a couple of minutes before they escorted me into the other room and told him to shut his camera off. And so Dave Ridley has basically said, okay, well, I've gone into this court before and told them I was going to pan the camera. So last time Dave Ridley was uh, at this particular courthouse, he had announced his intention to come in and pan, to violate the judge's ban on panning cameras in the court. Dave Ridley said, I'm going to pan the camera. Before the trial started, the judge announced that he'd changed his, uh, he's changed his rules. Well, he didn't change his rules. He looked at the rules and saw that he was... Changed his know, interpretation His interpretation of the rules. That's, that's probably the The reality is his interpretation is the rule of that court because men with guns will back him up. That's correct. So, but um, there's written rules that he um, then interprets in his way and, you know... And created a new set of rules for his minions to follow. So... Well, that's... That's what I, happens. That's how it works. The, the minions do not, uh, they don't look at the rules themselves. They accept the judge's interpretation of what those rules say, and so therefore they are following his rules. Anyway, the judge changed his mind about that, and that's good. And so Dave was allowed to, uh, to pan the cameras. But now that they're cracking down again on cameras, again shutting down Tom's camera, the guy that came up from New York City, Dave has said, I'm coming back to the court, and this time I'm willing to be arrested again, and this time I will be recording, and you will not be able to stop me from recording unless you want to arrest me. So if they try to take somebody into the back room this time, which they most likely won't because it's just an arraignment, but if they try to take someone into the back room for a secret trial, Dave has said he's going to follow. So he's going to pick his camera up, walk across the room, and attempt to enter the secret uh, tribunal chamber. And if that results in him getting arrested, he's fully prepared to be arrested for this. So there are going there are going to be a couple. I can't say that I think that things look good for uh, Dave not going to jail. I'll tell you, Judge Burke has been uh, um, in the past, uh, you know, barring your case, um, it it seemed extraordinarily reasonable. All the other defendants have not written him letters at his home, um, and so I I I he seems like he's going to be reasonable on this one. We'll see what happens. It seems also what Dave's saying is going to be. 
I'm not saying that I don't think Dave should be able to uh, record in the courtroom. I think he should. Uh, but Do you think he's going to get arrested next week? If he tries to go into some kind of secret tribunal. It's not likely they're going to go back there. I'm just saying. I don't know if he has said he's going to. I, I believe he has said he is not going to try to record out in the lobby. So apparently he's not willing to make that particular stand. Don't have him here to interview at the moment. But nonetheless, it's going to be an interesting day next week where hopefully dozens of people will show up. Dozens of activists will show up to see not only just the hearings, but also to uh, to witness what uh, Dave is going to be doing as well. And so he's doing all of this in the name of, of the freedom of the press and in the name of uh, the, the freedom of being your own press, being a, a press unto yourself, a, a, a press organization of one. The, the whole idea that one must be affiliated with a, a Fox, an ABC, an NBC, or some other mainstream established media organization is what one of the things that Dave Ridley is fighting against or that that he's working uh, on. As, and, he sh- as he absolutely should. I, um, and he's a hero. The, the problem, well, I, I agree. I, I do agree. Um, I think that it seems like he should go into this other judge's courtroom, not Judge Burke's, in order to make this stand. You know what I mean? No, I don't know what you mean. I mean, there are plenty of courts that have banned cameras, so he's chosen... Keen because Keen has two particular cases of interest on that particular day. I see what you're saying, Mark. You're saying he should go and target this one judge, but there have been three three courthouses in New Hampshire so far within just the last three months that have restricted the access of cameras. So Dave picked the most politically, or not politically, but activist-friendly opportunity. There are already going to be a lot of activists in this court on Tuesday, so he's going to be just another one, except he'll be one doing civil disobedience. More coming up. This is Free Talk Live. Live, you can bring up anything if you dial the toll-free number 800-259-9231. That's the SACL CAI toll-free line, and it's Ian here with you. And Nick. And Mark. And you can join us on our website at freetalklive.com. All the features on the site, they are completely free, so enjoy those on us. Again, that's freetalklive.com. Features including, by the way, the wiki, over 1,800 pages created by listeners like you. It's like the listener editable version of our website, wiki, W-I-K-I, dot freetalklive.com. And Free Talk Live brought to you by our friends at SACL CAI. Yep. Uh, if you have a company that needs to try something new in the area of collections, SACL CAI does collections, early out billing, and they purchase charged-off receivables. SACL's employers are trained in resolving issues for your customers and treating them with respect. They know that not only do you want to collect your money, but you want to keep your clients, too. SACL CAI. You can see their banner at freetalklive.com. It's the, uh, on the upper right-hand corner of the page. Toll-free number here, 800-259-9231. We're going to go to your call's amp line, unscreened. Who's this? Alex from New Jersey. What's on your mind tonight? I was uh, having an argument, and um, the, this particular person brought up that we need licensing laws to protect accidents from happening in the first place. For example, if your neighbor's building a uh, addition to their house and it's done by some unlicensed contractor, the uh, the house may catch on fire and <laughs> cause your house to burn down too. The now next I door? said they would be. Re- I said they would be responsible for their actions, and they'd have to pay for uh, paid retribution in a court of arbitration. But the argument is that... Not retribution. A, uh, restitution. Um, restitution. Close, close enough. enough. Okay. 
the argument is that by having the government enforce licensed contractors, you prevent that problem from ever happening in the first place. And I was wondering if you could tell me something to rebut that. It doesn't stop it from happening. Um, the fact is, people get unlicensed people all the time to do jobs. So, I mean, really, I've done it. Really, what's the point? So have I. Um, you know, people do it all the time. So what it does is, in fact, lull people into the false sense of security that they might that they actually do have licensed work done on a house that they may be purchasing. So you're, you know, essentially, if, if you're buying a house and you believe that, oh, all the work in here is, we've got licensing laws, all the work in here must be up to code, right? It well, also no. makes the assumption that the licensing courses, whatever knowledge you're required to take on, is adequate or relates to the real-world job. And with a lot of government licensing programs, they don't actually teach the person who's being licensed very much about whatever job or job field they're getting the license for. So just because somebody has a license doesn't mean that they're competent. Oh, that's so true. I've definitely had experience with people that are incompetent and are possessing a government piece of paper saying that they've got it together. So I think one of the other things that that particular viewpoint ignores is the you know the whole the point of in the free marketplace people can organize themselves in whatever ways that suit them best. So for instance, if somebody's concerned with what their neighbors are doing, if they're concerned with the build quality of their neighbors' houses, if they're concerned with uh, whether or not their neighbor has a white picket fence in their front lawn, whatever it is they're concerned with about their neighbors. These things can be handled with private agreements. They can be handled with things like deed restrictions, with neighborhood associations. Uh, in fact, I mean, you've, I'm sure you've seen these, na- you know, neighborhoods being built, gated neighborhoods, for instance. Obviously, that particular that business entity is using one contractor most likely and so every house in the neighborhood has been built by the same contractor so if house number one believes that their house is safe and secure then they must by uh you know by uh, proxy believe that the houses next door are also safe uh as a result of you know, having a good build quality because they've checked it out for themselves so if it's that important to somebody then they can vet essentially their neighbors to see well is this a safe place to to live do my neighbors the place i'm looking at moving to do the neighbors that are there have safe houses do they have uh, you know are they up to specifications and those specifications can be privately created they can be created by third party organizations and you could you could probably go to some sort of title company or insurance company and and say what what information do you have on this house here this next door house to this house i'm planning on buying is this safe all of these things could be available and more in the free marketplace and licensing laws really are designed to keep competition out of the marketplace. So now, true. I, I'm not saying that everybody who's unlicensed is qualified. I'm not saying that everybody who's licensed is unqualified. I wouldn't say those things. The fact is... I've had it all. The, yeah. It's, it's all over the place, and the licensing laws keep the little guy from getting into business. It keeps the little guy working for the slightly larger guy, um, or depending on the, uh, the, the scenario. So it's really just another law to keep a brother down. That's the reality. I think that uh, those are very intelligent responses, and I think they will help me in my uh, future arguments. Thank you, guys. Thanks, no arguing. Alex. Uh, yeah, that's right. We're persuading. 800-259-9231. That is the SACL CAI toll-free line. That's the reality of the situation. Licensing, while it's public persona is, oh, we're keeping people safe. The reality of licensing is it's just a protection racket. 
and people who advocate licensing tend to overlook the costs to it. I mean, the fact that you're limiting competition in the marketplace means that you're probably not having as much competition for prices. So That's it, true. it artificially inflates, inflates the price structure for whatever kind of labor is being done. And it it, it just... It, it increases I mean, overhead, too, um, which tends to drive up prices. Um, the you know not, Overhead doesn't necessarily drive up pricing, but it tends to because now everybody who's um, a contractor has to pay I don't know what in order to keep their contractor license up to date with the state. I mean, really... You're asking the state to keep you safe? Please tell me one thing that they have done that's been effective um, as well as uh, you know, cost-effective at the same time, that's, that's worked and been reasonably priced. And, and beyond simply re- reducing competition so you have, tend to have higher prices, it also keeps new companies from developing at all. So somebody who's starting out as an unlicensed electrician they might want to build, you know, a company that does electrical work, but and if, build it small but, in the beginning, right? But if they're concerned about the the restrictions like license law, there there's a very good chance they won't start that business and they won't create something they could have created, which would have employed people and maybe they would have done an even better job than people who already had their license. We should also point out here that it's licensing are just licensing laws are just one form of government regulation. Add to that, I mean, we're talking about how difficult licensing makes it for somebody to create their own new business. Add to that all of the other things that one must know in order to create uh, one's own business. And, and then take that full picture and see how dis, just distasteful it is and how it dissuades people from getting involved in running their own business. Not only do you have to get a license if you want to be legal, but you also have to follow all the other necessarily uh, necessary regulations to that end. So that may mean you know filing for a corporation, uh, buying unemployment insurance or whatever it is they, they call it, uh, the, all these different mandates that the government bu- sets out, having to have an occupancy permit. I mean, so many different hoops and things like that that have been put up for these b- potential businessmen to jump through. They take a look at all that and they say, oh, the hell with it. It's just easier to show up at work at 8 a.m. So many of them uh, just go into business, uh, you know, unlicensed. For instance, I had a, a friend of mine who was a, started out working for a plumbing company doing mm-hmm. uh, new construction and then decided, you know, they're making a heck of a lot of money off the work I'm doing. I'm going to go into my own business. And he and a, he went into business and hi- hired a, uh, a guy to, you know, work for him. And they were an unlicensed plumbing company for the first year. Then he got a, made enough money that he decided, I'll get my license now. And now he's uh, legit. But... Uh, you know, why, why? I mean, it's the same guy doing the same work. Now it just charges more. Toll-free number 800-259-9231. That is the SACL CAI toll-free line. You can share with us your licensing hell stories or whatever it is you want to discuss. Bring up anything. This is your show. It's Free Talk Live. Are you moving to New Hampshire for the Free State Project? Maybe you are already here and need to find a place to call your own. Mark Warden, the Porcupine Realtor, will help you find the perfect property. Do you want a home with 50 acres of land? How about an income-producing building? Perhaps a cabin on a lake or a condo in an urban area? Invest in liberty and property. Contact Mark Warden, Porcupine Realtor. See his banner ad at freetalklive.com. This is Free Talk Live. You can bring up anything. Just dial the toll-free number 800-259-9231. That's the SACL CAI toll-free line. And is Ian here with you? And Nick. And Mark. And you can join us online at freetalklive.com. All the features are completely free, so enjoy those on us, including updates. You get signed up 
And we will keep you in the loop whenever there's something you need to know about Free Talk Live. Just go to updates.freetalklive.com. Get on the list free. That's updates.freetalklive.com. AdamEve.com has a special offer for you. Go to AdamEve.com and get 50% off of one item when you type in FTL at the offer code coupon checkout. With your order of $17 or more, they'll throw in a free gift. It's 50% off with offer code FTL at AdamEve.com. And uh, we have uh, apparently we've got uh, a bunch of people that are interested in the products that they have at F- uh, AdamEve.com um, because we've been doing quite well for them. So go there for all your marital aid needs. AdamEve.com. Even if you're not married. 800-259-9231. It's a euphemism. Yes, I understand. What do you want me to say? Big rubber ding-dongs? Whatever you want. We continue with your calls, and we go to Cameron in Philadelphia. You're on Free Talk Live. Cameron. Hey, guys. Happy Mardi Gras. What's on your mind? That's right. Uh, Got this story out of Chicago. I actually found it on FARC, like I usually do with all my other stories that I find. Mm -hmm. Um, For the last 16 months, this guy, Mark Ganoski, has received 24 parking tickets. Which is bad enough, except he traded the car in September and has never been to any of the streets that they gave him the parking tickets for. What? Wait, he traded the car? So how's he getting the tickets? They still have... Uh, for reasons, it says, for reasons he can't explain, he believes Chicago police officers has targeted him with a, targeted him with a barrage of citations, sometimes issuing four tickets at a time for such things as parking too close to a fire hydrant, obstructing the road, or leaving his vehicle in a crosswalk. Um... Mm-hmm. He got, he got rid of the car. He took the plates off, stashed them away in his garage where no one can find him. They continue to send him tickets. Um, so that's really confusing. It's even weirder. It's even weirder. Of the 24 tickets he received, 13 were written by the same officer. Uh, the 13 tickets were written at four different locations in between May and October of last year. All 13 of them were written at exactly 10 p.m., no matter what day they were issued, and all 13 were sequential in number, meaning that from that entire time to May to October, the officer who wrote them wrote no other tickets to anyone else except what? this guy. That's really unusual, because normally the cops are out there busy writing tickets to people. Yeah. This is a parking ticket, and these are regular police officers. Parking tickets. Oh, I see. They're all parking tickets? I missed that point. They're all parking tickets. All even 24 places, tickets. And he's never been, and he's had them all thrown out. Like, he's gone to court, and it's gotten to the point where he walks in and doesn't say anything, and they just dismiss it and tell him to leave. And he filed, I guess he filed something with the Internal Affairs of the Chicago Police Department last October. They said they'd look, look into it, and then the next day they were like, oh, we're not investigating it. We don't do parking tickets. Who is this agent? That is, uh, Has he figured out who the guy is? They know the name because he has to put his name on the ticket, but they won't release it into the news, I guess, because they, cause the man has not been charged with a crime yet. And apparently, they don't know if it's connected, but it started, like, I guess a couple of days after this guy who's been getting all these uh, broke it off, broke off a relationship with someone else who they said is unrelated to the police department, but he thinks maybe that's somehow related. He's not sure. Certainly a possibility. I mean, if that's what has changed within his life and if the the plate isn't on the car to where whoever yeah. he traded the car to, obviously there's no confusion there. So, wow. Yeah. Well, it could yeah, be kind of what he, said. He, said it, he said there's no way it's a coincidence at, at this point. You know, he thought maybe at one point maybe it was, but obviously it's not. But wait, Mark, a counterfeit plate on the same exact model vehicle? Is that what you're getting at? Is, I mean, presumably the, yeah, the yeah, vehicle he's, getting, is, he's still getting them for whatever the vehicle was that he traded in in September. So it has to be a counterfeit plate on the same vehicle. That's what it was. Wow. I suppose it's a slight possibility, yeah. but I think the I think the idea that there's, it, this is payback for a breakup is probably more likely. I agree. Yeah, and he, he, he went to the news, and now Internal Affairs is investigating because the bad press. So. 
Oh, so Internal Affairs uh, before refused to investigate, but now that he's gone well, to the media... Before they told him that they don't, we don't do parking tickets, and uh-huh. now that it's in the news, they're like, we're taking care of it. Yeah. Okay. The power, exactly. Great example of the uh, the power of the media, the the whole uh, idea yeah. that the, the light could be shined, uh, shown upon these cockroaches really gets them to scurry and appear to be doing something about a situation. You know, it's, it's, it really works well. Um, I actually had, when I was in college, we had an incident with some security around the college that we, we kept complaining about and no one talked about it. So finally I was like, all right. So I went to the school newspaper. It was all over the school newspaper and within... Within a week, you know, they were taking care of the problem. Things so changed. Definitely, like, the media is the way to go, you know, the way to go about Which it. Which is why I think we need to create as much of it as we possibly can. Cameron, thank you for the call tonight. appreciate hearing from you. 800-259-9231. It ties back into what I was saying last night. And actually, there's a di- an additional point that I'd wanted to make, so it's uh, fortuitous that he brought that up. And that was that I think that the, the what is so poignant about what media can do in regards to these government people who really act like gangsters. They really do. They, they, they believe that they're doing the right thing. I mean, I understand where it is they're coming from. We've talked to one of the local politicians here in Keene, Cynthia, very nice lady, uh, and she has admitted recently that she goes along to get along and that she wants, she likes things the way that they are and she wants to, people to have a nice, safe life in this society. And she's, she has the best of intentions. But the reality of the situation is... The because they use coercion, because they use force, and that's what government does, is it uses force to get its way. There are all kinds of unintended consequences and problems that uh, that crop up. And usually what happens is the victims of that force, in this case, the man who were uh, who uh, Cameron was telling us about, he's one of the many victims. Had he not gone to the media, he would have just been victimized quietly. No one but he and perhaps his close associates and friends would have ever heard word one about it. And so it would have just been a yet another victim to the state, yet so- somebody else whose time is, is immeasurably wasted, whose money is being poured into the coffers of the state. But when he brings the media into the picture, the cameras and the newspapers and the, the microphones, all of that being played back, really allows these government people to start to see themselves for who they're who they really are and what it is that they're actually doing to people because apparently they're just so disconnected in their current world in their you know in in their showing up to work and doing their job and going home and showing up and doing their job again they never really get to feel the consequences of their actions and getting to see them on television or on YouTube and getting to hear about them talked on the radio and getting to see uh, to see it in the newspaper i think really brings their cognition, if you will, to that, uh, to, to the realization of what it is that they're doing. And I think that's why the more media we have, the more lights we can shine on these people, the more we can essentially show them themselves and then will lead to the point where they want to correct their actions and want to right the wrongs that they've been, uh, perp- uh, that they've been perpetrating on people. You know, I, uh, when I was in prison, I had plenty of time to talk to uh, correctional officers, and I remember this one sergeant that I was uh, speaking to at the time, and we spent a lot of time together. So he had the opportunity. We had the opportunity to get, uh, I, I guess, you know, him to drop his guard, as it were. Mm-hmm. 
intimate's probably not the right sounding word when you talk about prison. He didn't have his stone face up when he was around you all the time. Uh, generally, that yeah. didn't happen with me much. But it, like even even the face that you kept behind the stone face yeah. was down um, with this guy. And he told me that uh, oh yeah, and, and like, with, without any problem, he was saying oh yeah, I've lied about um, you know things that guys have done wrong. You know, basically giving them disciplinary reports or throwing them in confinement or whatever it is that they do. Um, you know, and it's some cruel stuff in in some cases because. I knew they had done something else. Like I was mm-hmm. going, I was, I was saying, you know, lying about lying to get bad guys. Yeah. So, you know, he was judging in his mind, judging and assessing in his mind as to whether or not these guys were good or bad. And you know, I'm not going to say he was wrong every time. Um, I certainly understand. And you know, there's there's a certain amount of. Uh, you know, ugly justice that goes on in prison. People people do fall up flights of stairs with handcuffs on. Um, <laughs> but you know, it's he would he had to be wrong, right? Statistics say he was wrong at some point, mm-hmm. and somebody who had you know nothing to do with anything um, got it real bad from this guy. And you know, he he'd been in he'd been working there for for quite some time. And this is the kind of you know this is the kind of thing where convicts died now and then with this kind of you know in, yeah. internal justice. So, so you were saying that he admitted that, and he, he admitted that well that he in fact broke the rules in order to get the right thing done. And when you break the rules to get the right thing done, you don't. He doesn't know whether or not he was doing the right thing. He believes he was doing. The told right himself thing. a story about sure. it. Sure. Eight hundred two five nine ninety two thirty one. So the more we can show these people what it is they're doing to others, what it is uh, the effects of their actions, I think the better. Your thoughts at 800-259-9231. This is Free Talk Live. This is Free Talk Live, your show. You take control of the airwaves via the toll-free number at 800-259-9231. That's the SACL CAI toll-free line. It's Ian here with you. And Nick. And Mark. And you can join us online at freetalklive.com. The features we give away, so enjoy those on us. Again, that's freetalklive.com. Dot com. If you like the show and you want to help support Free Talk Live, you can do that by shopping with us at Amazon.FreeTalkLive.com. Enter Amazon through that link, and Free Talk Live will get a percentage of your purchase. Whatever it is you need to buy, whether it's used or brand new, uh, you can go to Amazon.FreeTalkLive.com and get it. Feel good because you're helping Free Talk Live out at the same time. So you get what you want, and we get a little bit of the purchase price. Again, free, uh, Amazon.FreeTalkLive.com. Continuing with your phone calls, and we talked to Mary in Missouri. Mary, you're on Free Talk Live. Hello. How are you guys? Just great, Mary. What's on your mind tonight? Okay. Just want to let you know I've been listening to you. I found you about the last three months and uh, had an incident the other day with police officers. Oh, dear. I want to get your feedback on it. Sure. Um, Actually, I was a victim of this situation. I had a family member break into my house Mm. and would not leave. I asked three or four times for this person to leave, and they wouldn't. So I ended up having to call the police, which I didn't want to do. Yeah. What else and, do you do? Yeah. yeah. Well, and uh, the police around here don't like me very much, especially because I try to pay a fine in pennies. They think of me as a troublemaker. Oh, really? Yeah. <laughs> so when um, the police come in, um, there's three of them, and I, I know one of them was a new guy. and. Uh, I was trying to tell them my situation, the story, and it's my property, leave. You know, mm-hmm. I wanted this person to leave. And he started getting really irate with me, telling me to sit down. He was going to arrest me if I talked anymore, blah, blah, blah. Well, just want to let you guys know that I took your advice. I sat down for a minute and I thought about it. I thought, this is ridiculous that I'm being yelled at on my own property. So I bought a little camcorder for Christmas. So I went and got my little camcorder 
And I sat down with it and turned it on. And the one police officer said, what are you doing? And I said, <laughs> um, tell me what's going on in my living room yeah. right now. And can I tell you something? That one that was mouthy just shut up. I believe and he it. he walked to the kitchen. He didn't say anything else. And the third one there started trying to make small talk with me. Uh-huh. So I want to tell you kudos on telling me about filming people. Because, <laughs> I mean, that shut, that shut that guy up right away. What did you spend on the camcorder? Oh, it's about $120. Was it this worth the investment? It's a little bitty one. Was it worth the investment, the $120? Oh, my gosh, yes. But <laughs> what, I, what I was calling about is I started doing some investigation after the fact. Um, and what scares me is can you record them or not? I mean, I'm getting all kinds of different signals about can you really record a police officer or not? It, it depends on state law. So it, it, it really varies. I know that... In New Hampshire, people have gotten in trouble for it, but I believe that's there. New Hampshire has a particularly bad law, um, and I think it's an old wiretapping law. Yes, right? it's, it is About related to wiretapping. One of the guys so you can take tra- video, but not audio. You can actually film somebody if the sound is somehow disabled. But that's—I mean—you're you're being very basic in your description of this, Nick. The guy that got in trouble for that was filming the police allegedly without the police's knowledge. So there's a difference there between filming them without their knowledge and then saying you're being recorded or literally holding a camera in front of their face. I mean, you had this camera out. They were there. They knew you were holding a camera. They knew you were recording them. If they know they're being recorded, then I would say you're probably safe. Plus, they didn't arrest you for it, so that's a good sign, right? No, and I'll tell you something funny. Well, I sat down. not to be. I didn't want to be confrontational because I know if I, they thought I was interfering. I sat down on the couch. You could tell I was sitting down with the camera. Mm-hmm. But I'll tell you something funny. That, that's never happened to – I come from a small town in Missouri. That's never happened to them before. I think they probably already went back to the police department. They probably already written up their little conduct that they're going to do next time that happens. And then when I started to leave, that police officer said, he goes, uh, where did you think about filming us? And I'm sorry. I said, I heard it off of a talk show. And he goes, what talk show? I said, Freelive.com. Uh, freetalklive.com. And he said, what was that again? And he took his little book out and wrote it down. Yes, freetalklive.com. I something on there. I was like, Great. Whatever. Great. I hope he tunes in. Yeah, of course, he will. He'll likely tune in, and uh, it won't take too long, and he'll be a convert. Well, just spread the message. The more that we can record these people, because nobody is policing these people. They're not. No, you're you right. They cannot make complaints about these people whatsoever. So the more that we can record them and put them in their place, that if people really see stuff like this, you know, that's what people need to see. That's all I got to say. So Absolutely. Hey, I got another question for you, though. Got, before you go, I've got another question. Do you have internet sure. access? Yes, I do. Okay. Uh, of course, you did mention the website. Uh, well, yeah. no, I would like to encourage you to upload the video to YouTube so people can uh, can see it. For I mean, if it's worth it, unless it's really dull. Uh, but if you did get these guys, to be actually... honest with you, it was kind of dark and it was a spur of the moment thing. I see. But but uh, my my thing is right now, I've already I'm already expecting to go out. I'm going to invest on a surveillance system and I'm going to post it right on my door. If you enter my premises, you are being audio, video, I recorded. think it's completely if fair. If you do not want that, do not come in my house. Good for you. 
Thank you so okay. much for the call tonight. I really appreciate hearing from you. And I know this is what you were expecting, Mark. If you'd like to send us your picture for the Shrine of Female listeners or your video, that would be great. You know, it's interesting that she pointed out that the video didn't turn out so well. So, the, you know, the lighting was bad in the living room or whatever it was that was happening. The cops aren't expert videographers. They, don't, they, they never even experienced that before. They certainly had no idea that the lighting was so bad that what was actually going on couldn't be seen. Uh, but it, all, none of that prevented it from being effective her holding that video camera it was a light it was light enough in there for them to see the video camera and understand what was going on and that changed their behavior right off the bat that's an awesome story right and you know this is even if it really doesn't matter what the laws are in your locality if you can say to them something to the effect of you're a public servant and you're in my home, Mm -hmm. or you're a public servant, and you're on public property, you are subject to being video recorded. I'm not doing this without, you know, I'm not, I don't need your consent. I am not doing this surreptitiously. If you don't wish to be recorded, be on your way. Well, she did call them to her house. She can leave. But you're right. They can leave. Right. This is my house, regardless of what's going on here. Are you telling me, officer, you're not willing to do your job? You were called here to do a a specific task. You're not willing to do your job because I have a video camera? That'd make a great little uh, clip for YouTube as they shrug their shoulders and walk away or whatever it is they end up doing. Yeah. So what a wonderful success story. $120 for a cheap video camera pulls it out in the midst of a situation and the cops completely change their demeanor. Now, a lot of people would be afraid, and I think in many cases for good reason, a lot of people would be afraid that the police would then escalate. That if you pull out a video camera, well, what if the police decide to pull out a nightstick? Or what if they take the camera from you and steal the tape or worse, steal the entire camera? What if, what if? It's all very valid. All of those concerns are very valid because there have been uh, examples of the police taking cameras, in many cases from actual videographers and people that are employed doing this kind of work. So it's a, it's a legitimate concern. However, as we've been talking about over the last several days on this show, we are getting to a point where that concern will be overridden by the fact that we now have the Internet. We have, uh, we've got cell phone. We've got these cell phones that have uh, the, the software that will allow you to stream what is happening instantaneously to the Internet. So there is no camera to take. Even if they take the or there is no tape to take. If they take the camera, they haven't taken the actual evidence. They haven't taken the video. So they haven't shut down what it is they were attempting to shut down. And that was you exposing them doing what it is, whatever awful thing it is that they are doing. So we're right on the cusp of having this kind of access, this technology being uh, being accessible to a whole lot more people. And that's pretty exciting. It will change everything. It is already changing everything because people now have it in their hands. I was looking into getting a BlackBerry today, and a number of a handful of activists at this point up here in New Hampshire already have these devices, and they have the access to the uh, the Internet streaming. As data, uh, cell phone data plans continue to come down in price and raise in popularity, as more of these phones come down in price, you're going to see this all over the place. And then what are they going to do? Are they going to pass a law that makes it illegal to broadcast the activities of the police on the Internet? If so, then we'll just have people disobey it and we'll fill the, you know, fill the prisons with as many cameramen as we possibly can. They may very well ban video, videotaping the police or photographing them. I think Great Britain just passed a law where they've made it about illegal to videotape police officers or military personnel. That's scary. And I think that's pretty much a blanket ban. Like, even if it's for art or uh, news reporting, you just can't videotape them or take pictures of them. 
That's one of the reasons why having a concentration of activists is so important, because when a law like that comes down and you're where you are and you're, de- you're deluded, you're surrounded by people who are obedient and who are willing to bend over to the so-called authorities every demand – you're complete you're almost completely insignificant at that point because you don't have anybody backing you up whereas if you're together with other activists as we're going to be next week at the uh, the courthouse where dozens of activists hopefully will be showing up together probably a handful of them will have cameras with them it changes the entire situation the whole structure the odds everything changed uh, the the way that the bureaucrats behave changes the more people you have on your side And so that's one of the reasons why the Free State Project, I think, is so critical to advancing liberty in our lifetime. 800-259-9231. That's the SACL CAI toll-free line. You can bring up what you want. A 62-year-old man jailed for growing weed. We'll tell you about it. Our archives, website, and podcast will continue to stay free. But if you think other people deserve to hear this show, consider becoming a Free Talk Live amplifier for just $3 a month at amp.freetalklive.com. Help free some minds. Visit amp.freetalklive.com. This is Free Talk Live. We are launching into hour number two of the program. You can bring up whatever you want via the toll-free number 800-259-9231. That's the SACL CAI toll-free line. It's Ian here with you. Hey, I'm Nick. And Mark. And you can join us online at freetalklive.com. All the features we give away, so enjoy those on us. Again, freetalklive.com. Continuing here, your phone calls are the primary element. Otherwise, we talk about things that are intriguing to us. And one of those stories that is actually outrageous is out of New Zealand. And I would like to preface this by saying that this story, even though it's happening in New Zealand, can just as likely happen down the street from you. It could just as likely happen to a loved one of yours. So don't just write this off. Well, because it's happening in a foreign land. Uh, well, we Ze- have New Zealander listeners, we so do. I think that we need, need, you know, to some extent, need to do stories on New, New Zealand and I Australia know. and England and all those other places. That's not the reason we do stories in those places. We do the stories from those places because there are interesting things happening. And they're relevant. They're relevant all across the world. They're relevant not just in New Zealand or Australia, but in all places wherein there is such a thing as, in this case, cannabis prohibition. Story is from stuff.co.nz. In Wellington, a 62-year-old beneficiary who admitted growing cannabis primarily for his terminally ill wife got some mercy from a judge, but was still packed off to prison. Prison. Appearing for sentencing in Taranga District Court on charges of possessing cannabis for supply and cultivating it, Richard Gary Alp got six months behind bars. Judge Thomas Ingram said drug dealing is insidious and drug dealers go to jail. He allowed Alps, he's, not, he's not incorrect. <laughs> he allowed Alp's adult son to step forward from a group of supporters sitting in the back of court and plead leniency for his father. Well, I'll disagree with you, Mark. Well, I think that drug dealing is not necessarily insidious at all. I should have said half right. Drug dealers do go to jail. Some drug dealers go to jail. The You're right. They catch. And, uh, and it's because of Judge Thomas Ingram and people like him that those drug dealers go to jail. Because if Judge Thomas Ingram and his ilk would not participate in this tyrannical system of oppression, then we'd all be okay. People justify all kinds of things for paychecks, you know? 800-259-9231 is the number here. So the details, uh, in the six years his mother was critically ill and mostly bedridden, cannabis helped give her comfort and relief from pain. The son said in the court, I can't blame him. He's not a bad person. In the dock, hands 
Clasped behind his back, the defendant battled to control his emotion. Judge Ingram said he had considerable sympathy and was prepared to be merciful, cutting the term of imprisonment down to a fraction of what it would otherwise be. But let's be clear. Your dad's a drug dealer, and drug dealers go to jail. Alp did have prior cannabis convictions, said the judge. Home detention, which lawyer Nicholas Dutch argued for, sends entirely the wrong message. It would send the message that you could grow marijuana for your terminally ill wife and actually be able to get away with it somewhat. And we can't have that in New Zealand. Who argued for the home detention? The Oh, uh, the lawyer. The lawyer or the, for uh, the defendant? Okay, I'm just I'm trying to... Find out what was going on there. The judge said Alp's home was raided last October, months after his wife had died. Police found two Ziploc bags containing 37 grams of cannabis head in skip... What is cannabis head? Uh, the, probably the buds. In ah. a skip bin at the side of the house were stripped cannabis plants... What is a skip bin? <laughs> I don't know. It's a trash, <laughs> trash bin? Sounds that way. Uh, <laughs> at the side of the house, there were stripped, stripped cannabis plants and 10 seedlings about 15 centimeters high were in the vegetable patch. A garden shed at the back of the section was boarded shut from inside and access was from a door hidden under a workbench in an adjoining shed. Seven cannabis plants weighing 1,815 grams were drying and would have had a street value of more than $10,000 when broken down into tinnies. What the, uh, tin, what the hell are tinnies? <laughs> Probably like, a bag. Like a knick bag or uh, yeah. something. It was a fairly sophisticated operation, said Judge Ingram. The drying room was fully lined with PVC, and there were two extractor fans on the rear wall. Police also discovered other cannabis-growing aids, including two heat lamps, power timers, and a thermostat. Alp told officers he'd been given the 37 grams of cannabis for his own use. He'd grown the ceiling, uh, the seedlings rather, and built the drying room. The judge said Alp got a final warning in November 2002 when he was convicted of selling cannabis and possessing seeds. So he'd been in the system before. Perhaps it was a third strike situation. But nonetheless, it doesn't matter all of those details. He was doing it for his wife who was ill, right? Well, she was dead when he got busted. Oh, so he, got, uh, so so he might have been doing it for himself to get high at that point, considering he didn't have his it. wife around mm-hmm. anymore. You know, maybe that's yeah something he enjoyed doing in his free time, was growing the plants and then rolling them up and smoking them, which he should absolutely have the freedom to be able to do. This man was not harming anyone, and nor was he harming anyone if he was even selling the marijuana to someone else. They try to make him out to be some sort of evil man, some uh, terrible person who is out hurting others. But that's not the reality of the situation. The reality is, as this man goes to prison, let's presume he was selling drugs. Let's presume he was selling marijuana. The reality is, those people that were purchasing the marijuana are going to purchase it from somebody else. They're going to pick up, someone else is going to pick up their business and they will have their desire satisfied. Oh, because yeah. the marketplace will find a way to bring buyers and sellers together. Not that there's anything wrong with that. I mean, people no. are demanding the drug because they want to smoke it. And at least in the case of marijuana, it's not a particularly harmful substance. I mean, they're probably, in many cases, better off using marijuana in their free time than drinking alcohol. It's true. You can't overdose on marijuana. I, uh, well, I, I just recently read something, and I, you know, I haven't checked the validity of it or anything, but it just amazed me in, in the way they said it, that a lethal dose of marijuana, in order to get a lethal dose of uh, THC, you would have to consume 1,500 pounds of marijuana in 15 minutes. 
Can't do that. <laughs> There's just no way. I mean, you yeah. would. Uh, the reason that that you would have to get. I mean, you would asphyxiate um, in, mm. before you would be able to consume enough marijuana to actually get a lethal dose of THC. Theoretically, Mark, you could break that marijuana down into its THC. Uh, the actual active ingredient, THC, you could make hash out of it, which is far less it is, less plant material. And then inject the THC into yourself or something? Well, there was that one story, and it bears mentioning, I suppose, in order for full disclosure's sake. There was one story about a smuggler who had hash balloons that he'd swallowed and had gotten on an airplane to smuggle the hash from point A to point B. One of the balloons apparently did break open within his stomach or whatever, and it did kill him. So having that level of uh, THC in his system did actually uh, end up causing But you're talking about probably tens of thousands of dollars worth of hash. Yes, you're talking about a lot of damn hash. Just, I mean... In practical terms, it's impossible to kill yourself. Right. No one who was intending to actually utilize the hash for its intended purpose of getting high would be able to smoke that much hash. You would fall asleep if you started smoking hash and just did not stop. And hash, hash isn't marijuana. Um, you know, hash is a derivative, certainly. But when, you know, the vast majority of people out there that are consuming marijuana in the United States of America, where the vast majority of our listeners are, Simply cannot consume enough you can't marijuana. Consume enough hash. You can't consume you enough hash. You're right. You, you, but you couldn't swallow you get so enough. high. You won't you, be able you to spark the lighter. enough marijuana to, in order to yeah. uh, die. Unless you put it in balloons. And swallow them. Yes, and swallow the balloons. That's what we're saying here, Mark. The, man, the hash balloons. Right. No, you, I, oh, I marijuana. Swallow right. enough marijuana. Exactly. Yeah, <laughs> that would be quite uncomfortable. Yeah. And I imagine having hash balloons in your stomach isn't the best feeling either. I can't imagine it particularly is. Yeah, I can't even imagine the process of removing them. I mean, normally you just pass them on, but that sounds like a very difficult process. Anyway. Yeah, you know, I'm, I'm, I'm not saying I'm all for marijuana consumption. I just think that it, marijuana is safer and better for you than alcohol, cigarettes, many other things that you can consume out there that are illegal. Um, those are probably the only really addictive drugs that I would think that they're illegal. And we don't even really need to talk about the getting high aspect of marijuana. There's also the medicinal aspect of it. This uh, The man in this particular case was uh, helping his terminally ill wife uh, feel better. We've had people tell us that it helps them with pain as they've, uh, as they've gotten older. We've had people talk about uh, serious medical conditions, multiple sclerosis, glaucoma, all kinds of various different medical conditions that it can be very helpful with. And it, you know, it then there's all the industrial capabilities of the hemp plant. It, honestly, it doesn't matter um, what people have talked on the show because anybody could call in and, and say anything. But there's you know plenty of science behind marijuana being reasonably good for the human animal. I've met people in my personal life who have used marijuana for medicinal purposes. They've told me their stories, and they've no reason to lie to me. So 800-259-9231. So when I hear somebody telling me a story on the air about how it helps them medicinally, I have no reason to I agree. I'm, not, uh, I'm to, not saying that they're lying. Right. There's science, though. Toll-free number 800-259-9231. You can bring up what you want. This is Free Talk Live. This is Free Talk Live. You can bring up whatever you want via the toll-free number at 800-259-9231. That's the SACL CAI toll-free line. 
And it's Ian here with you. And Nick. And Mark. And you can join us on our website at freetalklive.com, all the features we give to you. So enjoy those on us. Again, that's freetalklive.com. And the features include the live streams, broadband version of the show, and a dial-up version, both free for you, plus a webcam, all there at uh, at listen.freetalklive.com. That's listen.freetalklive.com. Have the stories of civil disobedience here in New Hampshire touched, moved, and inspired you, but you're unable for whatever reason to be involved? Well, now you can. The Civil Disobedience Evolution Fund at cdevolution.org allows you to care for these brave men and women by financially supporting them while they face down the organizations that operate through violence and coercion. Visit cdevolution.org, wherein you can sign up for a monthly contribution of as little as three bucks a month, or as much as you want, or you can contribute a one-time contribution, or you can shop over at newegg.freetalklive.com, and when you buy your computer parts through newegg.freetalklive.com, a small percentage of the purchase price will be contributed to cdevolution.org. Right, um, and you know this is the civil disobedience that uh, people are doing here. It isn't being sponsored by some large corporation like so many other things that are going on out in the world. Because you know this is this is something that to return freedom for all of us, and it's not going to get done. If you don't do it, if you don't either do the civil disobedience or contribute to uh, to assist, right? If you think it's a good idea, you should assist. Now, if you think it's a silly idea, eight hundred two five nine ninety two thirty one. That is the SACL CAI toll free line. What were you saying? I, you should contribute. Okay, we continue with your phone calls and go to Joe in West Virginia. Joe, you're on Free Talk Live. Joe. Yes. Hey. Uh, please listen to me, uh, don't interrupt me if you will, because I'm 83 and I sort of sometimes <laughs> when I'm interrupted I go, I forget what I was going to say. Okay, we'll do our best. <laughs> but now listen, let me tell you something. I have suffered for years m- m- all my life. I was born with a deformed back. You don't know that. I mean, you can't see it. I believe but, you. Uh, yeah. Oh, I've had four back, brutal back operations, um, and I hurt all over. I have fibromyalgia. I have all, uh, uh, I have a pl- uh, implanted pump, pain pump hmm. that goes directly to my brain. Wow. And I take pain medicine on top of it. My doctor told me he's never had to give any human being the amount of drugs he has to give me. Hmm. Now, this business of uh, drugs, uh, marijuana, and other things being illegal uh, is awful. It's strictly political. It is political. Mm -hmm. It is money. That is what is driving this. the reason I don't smoke marijuana is that um, I am a Christian, a true, honest, I mean, a Christian, not in name only. I'm a Christian. Mm-hmm. Okay. I'm ready for heaven. And what I do, other people are watching, and they feel that smoking is um, something God don't want. Uh, Christians do. Well, wait a minute. You said that other. You said that other people feel that way. How do you feel about it? This is how I feel. I have heard many, many people that got on hard drugs say that the they uh, that they first smoked marijuana. I don't know 
I haven't heard of many people in my 83 years that say uh, that that isn't the way they got on hard drugs. They first smoked marijuana. Now, are these hard drugs? Okay, I have to ask questions to clarify here, so to, please uh, please don't get offended at this. Uh, but these people that you're talking about that were on hard drugs, are you talking about drug addicts? Are you talking about people who are, who are having a problem with hard drugs? Oh, yes, like cocaine and stuff like that. Do you believe... I'm talking about, right. I'm talking about marijuana strictly as a medicinal... Right. Uh, Do you believe that drug. there can be people who have smoked marijuana... And who have not moved on to having problems oh, with hard I de- drugs. Oh, I definitely believe. Oh, I definitely believe that. I tell you, I'd smoke a little uh, and eat a little, just about anything. I am. I. I have no longer hurt. That I, I'm long past that. I suffer. I am suffering. And my my granddaughter, by the way, just went to New Zealand, um, and she's she smokes marijuana. Mm-hmm. And this is, uh, the, I feel that it would not be wrong for, for people that are suffering at all. In fact, I don't think it's, personally, I don't think it's wrong. So I'm confused. I, I, was, a, I was an alcoholic, man. You talk about something, don't talk about something. I was an alcoholic. Well, that's and destructive. It's only, it, it's awful. So, it's okay, so, so let me see if I've got this straight. You say, I, I guess I'm hearing cross uh, messages here. I, I thought I heard you say on one hand that you believe that, uh, that it's against God to smoke marijuana, but on the other hand, you no, believe no, that No, no, she doesn't believe that. Uh, there's a verse no, in... No. Go ahead, uh, Joe, I, I'm sorry. I was just going to uh, interpret for him. Um, there's a verse, and I don't know what, but Paul was basically talking to people about uh, whether or not they should eat meat, and he says it's fine to eat meat. That's not against, uh, you know, not against Christ or whatever. Yeah. But uh-huh. that some people could be confused, and their way to salvation right. could be twisted as a result. That's right. I have to say, I support that, that, Joe and her choices. I do think that uh, one. I, I think that good Christians can smoke marijuana without any problem at all. However, I, I understand where she's. Coming coming from um, at the same time uh, it, it's absolutely I would smoke it I would smoke it today I would I, I would be a smokestack I mean I would uh, uh, but these big plants uh, the stuff that that's killing us coming out of the plant mm-hmm. uh, big uh, industrial plants mm-hmm. uh, that just think what that's doing so you to, would smoke uh, the human it race. so there's a but and though I'd right smoke it, I, I'd smoke it constantly I would <laughs> smoke it uh, that would, uh, there's but it's money that's the reason but I don't smoke it because of what it might do religiously what and I might would hinder do. I would hinder other people if they knew that I smoked marijuana but I do you can not keep it secret believe, <laughs> I do not believe it's wrong I do not so believe you, personally so you don't it's, believe it's wrong, but there's some sort of religious objection? Well, uh, that's what I'm confused about here. It's what people, people, you, uh, listen, the world is watching Christians. That, Christians, uh, the name Christian today is a nasty, dirty word. People, it's true. because of the hip, hypocrites, of the hip, the hypocrites. The Pharisees, as Mark going, might say. Pardon me? Uh, because of the Pharisee Christians? The ones that are trying to essentially shove their worldview down other people's throats by the threat of violence. Yeah. It's just that I would, I might be a hindrance. If, I know I would be if anybody knew that I smoked. Well, you could just keep it secret. 
And you know what? Here's what you could do. Christians don't generally keep secrets. You I can buy a vaporizer. Com- oh, come on. They I, keep secrets all the time. Well, uh, the good ones, like Joe is uh, purporting to oh, be, I and I, I hope I hope that she is. I if would they ask you if you smoke marijuana, I, you just say no. I vaporize it. <laughs> or you just say no, because then you're telling the truth. Well, Joe, I well, hate no, to think... I, uh, uh, I'm sorry. I, I hate to think of you suffering for um, no good reason. I understand why you're doing it. It just makes it hurts my heart to think that you're suffering. Joe, reconsider and go and do a little research on vaporization. It's uh, it's an interesting delivery method, and I thank you for the call. And I hope you feel better. 800-259-9231. Yeah, very sweet lady. And 1-800-259-9231 is the number you can bring up anything. Your thoughts about Joe? Maybe uh, some suggestions for her? Or whatever you want to talk about. It's Free Talk Live. This program is brought to you by Freekeen.com. Freekeen.com features audio, video, and blogs chronicling the transition to a voluntary society. Freekeen.com also has comments and discussion forums so you can be heard. Freekeen.com. This is Free Talk Live. You can bring up anything if you dial toll-free, 800-259-9231. That's the SACL CAI toll-free line, and it's Ian here with you. And Nick. And Mark. You can join us online at freetalklive.com. All the features we give to you, you enjoy them on us at freetalklive.com, including the bulletin board system. Over 400,000 posts, a lot to talk about. Completely free, bbs.freetalklive.com. According to the Computer Privacy Handbook, normal Internet technology is the most comprehensive surveillance system ever invented. Put a stop to email snooping with an easy-to-use email alternative. And it's free. You can go over there and get a free account today at privacyharbor.com because normal email is not secure. It's privacyharbor.com. Essentially, it's email, but I guess it's probably the, the technology is better in some way. But it looks like e- email when I've used it. PrivacyHarbor.com. 800-259-9231. And we continue with your phone calls. We'll go to Jim in New York. Jim, you're on Free Talk Live. Jim? Jim, New York. Hey, hello. You're on the air. How are you, sir? Oh, not too bad. Doing fine tonight. Good. What but is on your mind, sir? Yeah, earlier you were talking about uh, marijuana and then on hashish, and uh, basically it's the same thing, just without the plant matter. You're yep. just, uh, with marijuana, you're smoking to get the trichrome resins to vaporize, and with hashish, that's all you're doing is just having the trichromes and resins without the plant. So basically it's the same thing. This is true. Two different names. It's just it's like uh, cocaine and crack. It's the same product, just two different names. Or grain exactly alcohol versus beer. You yeah. Distilled grain alcohol versus beer. And uh, on a previous caller you had there that uh, I think it was the older uh, person there, Joe, and uh, who said uh, she doesn't do it because of religious beliefs and stuff. Right. And uh, if she goes into the Genesis 129, I believe is the verse, uh, God said he uh, given every herb that uh, yields seeds, which is on the face of the earth. Well, she said that she have didn't fruit. have a, It was kind of a confusing and you call. Use it for food. Right. Well, it was kind of confusing, though, because on one hand, she was saying she didn't think there was anything wrong with it. But the, her religious objection was because other people thought there was something wrong with it. Mark, you were explaining something about that during the break. What was right. it you were saying? I, you know, I can't say that there are people out there that can quote the Bible chapter and verse on, on this particular issue, and I cannot. Um, it's been a long time since I've read the Bible, and I've tried to forget most of it. Um, <laughs> I've tried my very, very best. However, um, it's stuck with me, and it was a letter to one of the, uh, you know, one of Paul's letters, um, 
you know, epistles to, to, I don't know, Glacier, Corinth, or wherever. And he's talking about people who have a, you know, their, their particular sect. Christianity was a much different religion back then. And their particular sect was struggling with whether or not they should eat meat. And there's really nothing in the Christian religion as to whether or not to eat meat. And Paul said, well, it's okay to eat meat, but... If by eating meat you're throwing somebody off of their path to Christianity, that for some reason they'll be uh, turned off to Christianity or uh, you know turn away from Christ or whatever, then you shouldn't do it. So don't do something that offends your neighbor in that respect. Yeah. Uh, what I'm saying, though, is if she doesn't want to smoke it, like you were saying, that she could vaporize it or even uh, <laughs> turn the plant into a can of butter and then use it in uh, brownies, uh, baked cooked cakes, cookies, and stuff like that. It's another fine option. I am with you, my friend. Thank you for the call tonight. 800-259-9231. And if she's turning it into can of butter and baking cookies with it, or if she's vaporizing it, people ask her if she's smoking marijuana. She can absolutely, honestly answer that, no, I am not. I I think the... Yeah, but I, I think the issue is she wants to be honest about how she's living her life, and so... Being she would not mean hide her cannabis use is what the see. feeling I was getting. So regardless of the, del- I don't think it's a technical <laughs> question about the delivery method. It's whether or not she consumes marijuana. I have to say, this is a really destructive. What 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 it is you were citing there, Mark, is really a destructive idea. The idea that if, as long as you, uh, what it is you're doing offends other people who call themselves Christians, then it's you very limiting. It. It, it may not even offend people, other people that are Christians, but offend what people think about Christians. For instance, if you, um, you know, I I had an instance one time where uh, you know, a friend of mine who was a good Christian um, said to another guy, "So what the hell are you doing?" And the other guy was all upset that he said hell because he was supposed to be a Christian. Now, come on. God doesn't have – God didn't speak English, yeah. for God's sake. <laughs> I mean, you know, when this religion was come up with, English wasn't even invented. Yeah. So hell isn't a bad word. And even if it was, it's not one of the bad words that we have. It's not like you dropped the F-bomb. And the Bible doesn't even talk about uh, cuss words because they didn't have those kind of things at the time. What they had were curses. Mm-hmm. And curses are something different, like, may the fleas of a thousand and camels and fest your <laughs> well, behind. They, they may have had ugly words, but the Bible didn't see fit to mention. It didn't. It did not mention them. But you know, this Christianity's grown into something different now, and I understand where Joe's coming from. I support her in it. I want her to smoke marijuana if it makes her feel better. That's what I want for her. I, I understand where she's coming from. Uh, so you know, I'm 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 stuck on the horns. It's a of sad the, story the as a result. It's, it is a sad story as a result. I agree. Toll-free number for your thoughts, 800-259-9231. She might very well be able to uh, be a, a witness for people that do smoke, smoke marijuana because she's not the average marijuana smoker of, you know, some 22-year-old dude with long hair and dark rings under his eyes. When you say a witness, you mean in court? No, a, wit- <laughs> a Christian-type witness. Um, I see. Her, her life could be testimony to other people that would say, oh, wow. Marijuana's not bad, and I can go yes. to heaven even if I do smoke marijuana. She may very well be able to bring more people um, to her religion by standing up for people that smoke marijuana and showing that you can be a good person and smoke marijuana. Like it, it, There may be another side to this coin, and that's what mm. I would encourage um, for Joe. I mean, that's what I encourage but her to do. But she'd have to get over the, the reticence that she's feeling about engaging in that and how other people would feel about right. it. Right. The reticence, um, the, the sort of uh, skulking about and doing it in secret, that's, that's something that she can't handle in her personality. She's too good of a uh, Christian, too good of a person to do that. Whereas if she were to stand up 
proud and strong mm. and say, yes, I smoke marijuana. Now, obviously, you wouldn't say it to a police officer, but you'd say it to, you know, the people people when you had an opportunity to witness it to them. Yeah, in a, and God uh, put private. it here to help me. Yep. It's, you know, and then show them that verse in, in Genesis and, and stand behind that with yeah. uh, with for, the force of conviction. And then I think that that would help bring people, not turn I think them away. Right. Great. I'm glad you added that to this discussion. Let's continue and talk to Glenn in Alabama. Glenn, you're on Free Talk Live. Yeah, I got a question about eating meat. <laughs> okay. Okay, Glenn. How would you cut off the head of a turtle? Well, uh, hmm. while it's living? You would yeah. wait for it to stick its head out? No, no. You, you shoot it in the middle of its back so it's dead, and then the head will just come out, and then you can cut it off. Oh, really? With, with a gun or... If that's how you shoot well, things, I mean, you are could, you going to eat this? Cut it open. It's meat. A meat question. So you're going to eat it? Yeah, of course. I wouldn't waste it. Um, I would uh, not shoot it because you're going to ruin the food, and then you've killed the turtle for nothing. Because you would, don't want to eat the Nick's head. The I would expert just, here. I'm just, I'm uh, just coming up with a I would, solution. I would, I would place it in a bucket that was completely filled with water, and then seal it. The drowning will be a more peaceful death. Um, <laughs> what? At, well, the turtle will I'd drown. It can't hold its breath forever. So I would leave it there for about three hours and then take it out, and then you can take that. Why do you need to cut the head off? You're going to have to open the shell anyway. Well, I, w- I was looking on the Internet, and um, and you... they said if you want to cook a turtle, that you got to cut the head off. But, you know, hmm. I, mean, I think you'd have to be pretty quick to cut the head Don't off. Don't you have to clean it, though? I've never done turtle. But... I've never heard of anyone eating a turtle before. How I mean, the Chinese people love it, supposedly. And, you know, if you want to get and tap into that market, then you better start learning these things. Yeah, it's it's a southern thing, Why too, would... from what I've heard. I, I People around here, I've never run into anyone who eats them. but Tastes just like chicken. I've heard about frog legs being a southern thing, but I ne- being having lived 26 years in the south, I guess it just wasn't long enough to come across it. Well, hey. you know, the Chinese are really into this, so oh, good to I know. I better start learning. Well, thank you for thank they... you for that. And while you're into it, look into how to uh, disembowel a kitty cat and eat that too. Thanks for the call tonight. Because Chinese people like to eat cats too, don't they? I th- dogs, I dogs think and Chinese cats? were into. I think the cats are a stereotype. <laughs> I, I think the, the cats Koreans, are for Haitian the Koreans do actually eat the dog at certain times of the year. It's kind of like a turkey to us at certain feasts. Really, they make dogs. Isn't... Isn't there a place? Huh? I'm sorry. I thought there was a place where dogs are frequently eaten, not just certain times of the year. Uh, I, if you're poor enough and hungry enough, but I I, I think in Korea they have. It's sort of Americans have that perception that the dog is a staple food. But as I understand it, it's uh, the reading I did about the dog soup that they make. It's for specific days. I suppose you could make it whenever. So what about the photos? What about the photos you can find on the internet of just cages and cages of dogs packed in to well, the cage? What, what about all the Thanksgiving, Thanksgiving turkeys you see? That's thousands what I'm and thousands that, packed into a barn. Right, that's what I'm wondering. Is that from that particular holiday? All those photos are taken around that I holiday? I don't know. That is, that's what I read. It was from a cooking site. If so you know I'm more sure. about eating dogs, we'd love to hear about it. Or about turtles, as our caller was curious. 800-259-9231. You can bring up whatever you want on Free Talk Live. Free Talk Live, you can bring up what you want if you dial the toll-free number, 800-259-9231. That number brought to you by our friends at SACL CAI. 1-800-259-9231. It's Ian here with you. And Nick. And Mark. And you can join us on our website at freetalklive.com. We give away the features on the site, and if you like the show and you want to help support Free Talk Live, you can become an amplifier at amp.freetalklive.com. As little as three bucks a month is all it takes 
To get on board, get access to perks like the amp-only call-in lines, chat room, forum, and more. All the details are there for you at amp.freetalklive.com. But the main reason to become an amplifier is to help Free Talk Live get on more radio stations around the country, bring more Internet listeners on board, and help expose new people to the ideas of freedom. Because that's important. Amp.freetalklive.com. Right back into your phone calls. We'll talk to Dan in North Carolina. Dan, you're on Free Talk Live. Hey, uh, hello. Hey, Dan. Hey, I, I, I understand that you are sponsored by a collection agency. We are, SACL CAI. Yes, and are they the same collection agencies that are going to be able to call people to, uh, uh, you know, everybody in the country is in trouble right now, right? Mm-hmm. Are they sure the same what... company that's going to be able to be able to call people at their homes and, and uh, you know, use kind of uh, straw-marn tactics or... Sickle CAI you know what doesn't I'm talking about. I don't have to explain it anymore. Right. I mean, Some questions. You're, 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 you are you are sponsored by a a uh, you're sponsored by a collection agency. That's correct. We are sponsored by by one of you know one of our advertisers. The main one is a, uh, is a collection. Uh, agency. How many of your listeners have have gotten calls from a collection agency? I don't know. Probably quite a few. Can I answer the questions uh, you asked ask earlier? Them, ask them. Have them call in. Have okay. How many in. how many listeners have gotten calls from collection agencies? All the ones yeah. that didn't pay their bills. Your collection <laughs> you should in pay your bills. In particular, your collection agency. What, make, what, what, what is it that you, bothers you so much about a collection agencies? Right. Well, I've been bothered by them. You know, I've had troubles before. You've had troubles before. Yep. You, had a couch in your, you had a couch in your yard. That's Ian. Time. That's huh? Ian. That didn't really have anything to do with collections, sir. But it shows the kind of classic guy that has a oh, couch no, in the yard. Same, it's, the same, it's the same thing. No, same it's thing. not it's the same thing. Why are you saying that's the brother. same thing? Yeah, oh yeah. Dude. You're saying that collection agencies are big brother? You. Hey man, I mean, I mean, all, is all the talk tonight about just marijuana? It's it's no, about everything. All over the about actually. marijuana too. I can tell you a story about marijuana. No, let's not get sidetracked here. I want to talk about collection agencies now. First of all, you've uh, continued to ask several questions, but you never allowed Mark to answer your first one. So, Mark, can okay. you jump in all here right. with the answer? Yeah, yeah this I, gentleman. Real quickly, uh, SACL CAI, uh, you know, as as we've said many times in their ads, that they're collect they're collectors, and there are different types of collection agencies out there. Some do use the more strong arm tactics, others, you know, use other systems. They just inform you that you know if you don't pay, we're going to have to take you to court. Do you have a problem with people being okay. taken to court about their debts? No, I don't. There you go. I've had take a, I've had to take a lot of people to court over their debts. There you go. All right. So, anything else right. you want to talk about like tonight? To talk about marijuana. All right. Can excellent. Talk about marijuana. Yes, sir. Huh? Yeah. All right, all right. I'm 52 years old. Okay. And I started smoking pot when I was 13. Ooh. And it was all green Mexican pot. You mm-hmm. know? But it's usually it green. A, it, the whole, it, you know, listen, listen. It it, it leads to other drugs. No, no, it see. does. For, for for many many people, it does lead to other drugs. Well, it, it's it, many people do marijuana before they do other drugs, and I've heard no, this. I did g- alcohol, and I did LSD, and I did it all when I was thirteen, fourteen, fifteen years old. So wait, which one did you do first? Years old, and and I I do think that marijuana should be decriminalized. So I which one of those things did you do first, just out of curiosity? Marijuana. So you did marijuana before alcohol. Yes. Would you say that's unusual? I don't know. Would don't you say know. that for alcohol me, can I mean, lead to other drugs? For me, would you, it wasn't. Would you say that alcohol could lead to other drug use? No. I. Why? Yes, I do. Oh, yes. you do think so. Okay. 
So why do you think that is? Why do you I think one know. drug oh, allegedly? Hell, you know, you know this. You know this. But whenever you've been drinking enough that that your inhibitions come down, you're more willing to try other things. Hmm. I've never this. tried anything else while I was on alcohol. Never done that. Yeah. And, and marijuana is not so great when you've uh, you know uh, after you've been drinking. So it's it's not as a, not nearly as fun or effective um, in and my I've, opinion. And I've come to the point in my life where I restrict my uh, no, no, intake no, no, of alcohol no, 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 no. responsibly. I'm not saying that the first thing I do or the first thing I've ever done has always been alcohol. Sometimes the first thing I did was marijuana. I just don't think that marijuana. I mean, I think it should be decriminalized. Uh-huh. I really do. I think that would stop a lot of the problems we have in, in America. I agree with you. What about but, uh, what about LSD? You mentioned that. Should that oh, be decriminalized no, no, as well? No, 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 no. I mean, you know, I mean, you want to go into a shop and be able to buy LSD? Is that what yes, you're sir. saying? Yep, absolutely. And all the other oh, drugs man. that I could possibly I mean, want to you buy. You haven't lived long. You know, you know, I'm not playing. I'm, I'm not playing the uh, age card here. I, I promise you, I'm not <laughs> okay. playing the age card. But. I swear to God, once you get a little older, you will change your mind. Once Why you are you insisting, sir, that I buy LSD from a drug, de- a black market drug dealer instead? No, no. I mean, well, if I'm going to buy LSD, wouldn't you prefer that I buy it through le- legitimate channels to purchase it uh, through a store that is selling a product that is well represented and is quality controlled uh, and is well known, the name brand, you perhaps? Want qu- you want a quality trip, huh? <laughs> a quality trip? Do you think you would have been a better? Quality off? trip, huh? <laughs> you hey, look, you... look, man, look, man. You can't, you can't. Uh, no matter what you say, no matter how it goes over over the airwaves, you can't change my mind on this. Well, Dan, I mean, uh, I'll okay. I'll live, I'll live, You're setting your ways. You will not how, change I your mind. Dan, um, now you, you said you've done. You won't you've been on the whole talk. segment, buddy. Oh, well, let me talk. You're still right let here. We got questions for show. you, brother. It's your radio show. Mark's okay? got a question it's for you. It's your radio show. It's your radio show. You can. Uh, it is my radio show. You're I'm absolutely right I'm about that. You fire people, uh, and and make them say what you want them to say. I'm going to make you say what I want you to say. I'm not sure about that. Mark, what was your? I have a question, Dan. Do you do you think it's do you think it, oh you my would... God! It's a tag team operation. Actually, here. there's three people Listen, here. What do you call that? You, I'm just trying to tell you something as a 52 year old American. I've just got a question, Dan. No, oh, you well, let me talk. <laughs> <laughs> all right, Dan, go. We'll get to the question. All right, go all ahead. right. All I know, all I know is my own personal experience. I, you know, I think drugs should be decriminalized. Great. But... So, so you agree that uh, LSD? No, 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 listen, listen. I'd say one word, and you break in. All right. I'm just trying to clarify. Go ahead. All right. When, when's your brother or whatever he is, I mean, your your buddy going to break in, you know? You I, guys just a minute. are very slick. You guys are very slick. You're very good at what you're doing. You know, I understand that. You're, uh, you're uh, sponsored by a collection agent. Okay? <laughs> He's repeating himself. All right. What do you have to say? Because we have a question for you. Are you ready now for the question, Dan? Can we go? Can we please ask you a question, <laughs> no, I'll Dan? Tell you what. No, I'm going, out and I'm, going, I'm going to go out and recruit. No, you're not a, going anywhere. Uh, ask the question now. Just no, no, throw it no, out no, there, Mark. I'm going to go out and recruit a, uh, a, a partner in the debate. Just like you have, okay. No. All right. But, so anyway, the question is: I, I can tell you, I can tell you this. Somebody, I can tell you. You can laugh me off. I'm not laughing we at you. Laugh you. I'm anywhere. laughing at the conversation. But, but, it, but this is the way it is. Yes, sir. You know, I grew up in America. Yes, sir. Same and here. I was part of the drug culture. Mm-hmm. Okay. And when it was illegal, and still is. You know, I, and I think that it should be decriminalized. I agree. Now, yes. Really and truly, you've I said that several times. I think drugs should be decriminalized. But you're making an exception for LSD. Think, 
I do not. I do not think that LSD and these hard, hard drugs should drugs. be decriminalized. You think that? Well, wait a minute. You said drugs should be oh, decriminalized. Yeah, oh, oh, we can't let you do that now. See you later. Uh, yeah, you're the one that ended that call, my friend. We were just trying to ask you questions. <laughs> we, really? I, I what think a it was a great call. Was he drinking? Was he drinking? He sounded like he was drinking. I, I, I can't. Who? Who knows? I mean, yes. I, I think so. <laughs> I wanted to ask him if he had had a drink, but couldn't get a word in edgewise with that guy. <laughs> Look, the you reality kept interrupting is, him for God's sake. No, we what? gave him plenty of chance to say what he had I to say. I wish you would you interrupt himself. me. I, I was finished there. When you start repeating yourself, it's time to be interrupted and asked a, cl- a question for clarification. <laughs> As I did have a point I was going to make. Um, the whole thing about being able to buy LSD in this regular storefront, it seems very foreign to people, and I think a lot of Americans out there who do agree with either legalizing or decriminalizing marijuana and maybe some other drugs, they're hung up on certain drugs. But, for instance, you can get salvia in most states still. Oh, yeah. It's perfectly legal, completely unregulated. I mean, it's sold as incense, so kids can and do buy it at age 15. And it's it's a powerful hallucinogen. Some might argue that it's... Equally as powerful as LSD. I've heard uh, people say it is more powerful than LSD, and I have to say that I finally had a shaman experience on salvia. I finally had one, and uh, I will describe it here in moments. I can't do it in 20 seconds. 800-259-9231. But but, but the point I was trying to make was that there's not an epidemic of kids out there using it. Some will try it. Most people aren't going to end up doing it as a habit. And no, it's not I, a habit for anybody. You no, know, I, I think the fact is LSD would work out much the same way if it was legal. Toll-free number 800-259-9231. In fact, a lot of people that try Salvia, they don't really want to do it again after they've experienced what they experience. Uh, more on the way. You can share your Salvia story or whatever you want. Hour three's coming up. It is Free Talk Live. One of the bonuses you'll get as a Free Talk Live amplifier is access to our classic archives. For just $3 a month, you can become an amplifier, and you'll help us get on more radio stations and MP3 players. Get the details at amp.freetalklive.com. That's amp.freetalklive.com. This is Free Talk Live. The toll-free number for you to bring up anything is 800-259-9231. As we launch here into hour number three of the show... 800-259-9231. It's Ian here with you. And Nick. And Mark. You can join us online at freetalklive.com. We give away the features on our website, and Nick gives away features on his website, which is freemindstv.com. Just back uh, from filming a fresh edition of Free Minds TV, which will air... You guys still air that on Fridays, right? Still debuts on Fridays, and that goes through the internet as well. So you can get those uh, over at freemindstv.com. You can also listen to Free Minds Radio, which is available as a podcast and available on a handful of radio stations around the country as well. So if you want more of Nick and Toby, who you don't hear as often on this program, uh, head over to freemindstv.com. As we continue here uh, with your phone calls about whatever you want, we go to Matthew in California. Matthew, you're on Free Talk Live. Hey, Mark, and, Mark and Nick, how are you guys doing? Yes, sir, doing great. What's on your mind tonight? Okay, um, first of all, that last phone call was like, I'd rather go to the dentist's office than hear that guy, <laughs> like, I was like, answer the question, guy, whatever. But, uh, <laughs> but anyway, um, I'm calling because um, I'm one of those people who's in college right now, and unfortunately I'm paying for it myself. Uh, and 
And uh, we've been given an assignment to uh, do an interview with someone who you, you know, in the business that you want to be in. So I'm taking care of that now. So I plan on calling you guys, like, from now until Saturday to complete the assignment. So I just want to ask you guys two questions real quick, and then I'll get off the air. Oh, this is fun. Okay. So so I'm presuming you want to be in the radio business or the Internet uh, streaming audio business? What business do you want to be uh, in? Oh, actually both. I'm, um, I'm actually a – we've talked before. I have a radio show in San Jose. Um, and I also want to get into podcasting, and I'm realizing you guys are so right. I could have, I could have learned, I think, much more uh, had I just gone to the Apple Store, gave them the hundred bucks for the Apple uh, Apple Expert, and learned from there instead of paying two thousand dollars a semester for going to college. But so are you at some sort of radio the, broadcasting college? Uh, no, actually, San Jose State, um, and they have an extensive uh, radio program. I see. Um, but uh, my first question for you guys is this: um, What? Uh, what advice would you give to someone who was trying to get into the industry today? Don't go to college uh, for, for radio. Um, to, <laughs> buy, buy a setup and uh, do your own podcast so that you can have a, a, a body of work to be able to show somebody who may hire you at some point in radio. I would also um, it's one way to get in. But I would like to interject that you could also become an intern as well. Interning uh, certainly certainly works, but that isn't necessarily going to get you on the air. You need you a body of work either way. It gets you on the air as a, that's right, everybody. That's the rock and roll music you're listening to. Uh, I mean, You've you got to get started wherever you can. Sure. And that's how you can get your foot into the door. And actually, I started as a sidekick on the afternoon drive show, so I was not a disc jockey right out the gate. I had to kind of learn the ropes inside uh, the inside the studio with my mentor before I could become a disc jockey. So there's a process to all of this. You can uh, go about go about it in the way of creating your own podcast, as Mark was saying. You can also create your own podcast and at the same time get an internship at a radio station. So do both, mm-hmm. actually. That sounds so, more efficient. Right. So that way you're actually building relationships at the station. You do need relationships. And then you can, once you've built those relationships, you can present your podcast to the people whom you've built the relationships with, and they're more likely to give it a serious listen at that point. But I'd like to make the point that there are people out there that are making a living wage doing podcast. Gardner Goldsmith makes uh, some pretty good money. Um, okay, I mean, I'm not good money. He's by... also got Jason behind him from Sakel CAI. Hey, what difference does it make? Oh, how about Dan Carlin? How's he doing? Excellent. Good I, to know. Doesn't Red Bar pretty much they make a lot of money off of their podcast? Red Bar's finally making money, from what I understand, yes. Yep. There was a, there's a while where you don't make anything, though. That's the, the These are just people thing. we know. I'm sure right. that This Week in Tech well, is doing you, okay, too. Yeah, you don't make anything, but you're also... You, I mean, I don't want to say you're only doing a podcast because you don't want to poo-poo on podcasts, but you're not looking at a whole lot of overhead to get started, and nah. you can basically do it... I mean, you probably want to have a consistent schedule, but if it's not going to be a live format... You can pretty much do it any time you have the time. It's a nice thing about having a podcast. So did that answer your question? That answered the first one. And I'm going to be calling you a guest every night until Saturday. So uh, This is I'll great. I like how you're stretching it out over the week. That's good stuff. Yeah. Uh, one last question before you guys go. Um, what would you think would be the biggest obstacle? Or what was your biggest obstacle in getting into the business? Hmm. Into the business or uh, making money in the business? This is the thing. Oh, is wait, wait, with wait. Free Talk Live. Are uh, we talking about radio or are we talking about talk radio? Talk radio. 
Okay, go ahead with your answer, Mark. Well, um, Free Talk Live started as a show that was we were basically being compensated nothing in 2002 um, when we started, and we really didn't uh, it didn't move from being a hobby until late 2006, early 2007, before yeah. the, I was you know making any kind of money, and mid 2007 before I was making what I would have called a living wage. I really don't know and honestly know what uh, Ian's making entirely, but I you know have a reasonable idea. You're still not making what you were at the magazine. I am not making what I w- was um, being an advertising executive at uh, the magazine. But remember, ad- the advertising business has changed since uh, 2006 when I quit working at the magazine. So who knows what I would have been made- making there. So are you saying, Mark, that your biggest obstacle was not having the money coming in initially? Right. You need Well, yeah, you need to be able to, you know, you need to either do it in the manner that uh, it's as a hobby so that uh, you can generate it in that, that respect. Um, the Probably the biggest obstacle is getting radio stations to carry us. Be- well, now now we're talking about the, about the realm of syndicated radio. That may not necessarily be what you're looking for. You just asked, the question was about just getting into talk radio, right? Yes, sir. Okay. Well, in that case, the biggest, the biggest obstacle-, obstacle is getting compensated to do the work. And you yes. have to figure out one of many ways to get compensated. You could work at a radio station where they pay you, and that would... The That's route- the riskiest, because I- if you aren't performing quick enough for them, Out you go. you're done. Um, if you you can do it in some way where advertisers or uh, listeners sponsor the show in the sense that they send you money, that spreads out your uh, exposure. Because if, for instance, if we lose one amplifier for three, five, or ten dollars, we have many others that are still amplifying the show, and we have four thousand dollars coming in to be used on uh, for advertising, marketing, and promoting the show. But you wouldn't have to necessarily use that money to do that. We do because we say we do. You could um, bring money in in the form of advertisers for the radio station that you would like to work for. You could come to them. That certainly helps. Yeah, come to them, come to the table with some uh, advertisers pre-sold. There are certainly stations that uh, you can buy airtime on. That's the cheap, it's kind of, it's, well, no, it's not a cheap way to get on the air. It's an expensive way to get on the air. It's the, we, I would say that's the worst way to get on the air because... It also, uh, it, it requires you to make money quickly because yeah. you're going to be spending a good deal of money to stay on the air. It isn't cheap. Depending on the market size. To do, yeah, to, to do one of these shows and... And so you you need to make money quickly. And it's not easy to get somebody to, to just jump on board to a new show. Um, you kind of have to have a track record, and advertisers want that. Yeah, it's, I would say the biggest hump, I mean, cons- presuming you've gotten yourself uh, created relationships with people at a radio station and you've managed to get them to take your show, the biggest hump is to make money on it. And it is a it is a difficult process. I mean, any, running any business is not necessarily an easy process. It takes a lot of effort, a lot of work, and uh, and planning, and getting out there and doing it, and being willing to go without compensation, being willing to put it out there, essentially, before you get it back, if that makes sense. It perfectly does. I thank you, gentlemen, so much, and I'll talk to you guys tomorrow night. Thank you for the call tonight. 800-259-9231. That is the SACL CAI toll-free line. No, it's not to say, Mark, that Going to college won't assist him in some way in getting a job or a career in radio. Well, if he's starting out at a radio station, I'm sure it would help him land an entry-level position. I don't know how much, you know. I how don't much will know. it help? I don't know. I've, you know. I've never been to college for radio, so I don't know how much it would help. But you have, Ian. I mean, you've gone for broadcast, right? <laughs> Not really. Right? <laughs> well, you went, you got I went to community you... college, and there right. was a voice and diction class in the two years that I took community college, which I had to unlearn. But you were going for, for media? 
you, what was the it was radio program. and television broadcasting was the associate's degree that I got. It's still, but I, mean, I only took voice and diction. It was the only class that had anything remotely to do with radio. And as I said, I had to learn things. I mean, with with many college majors, I learned you, nothing about most radio. Of, in most college. of your time is spent learning right. stuff that you're never going to use in your job. Yes, that's unfortunately that's the way education works in in college or in high school or wherever you are. Yep, and it sucked, and I wish I could have had my time back. But and your money. The money, yeah, that'd be nice, too. Yeah, I, I don't have any problem with people going to school. I just recommend that if you're going to go to college, uh, you know, have somebody else pay for it. And by somebody and else, know I know why you're going. Yeah, yeah. I have, yes, absolutely. Um, and when I mean somebody else, I really don't mean your parents. I mean, you know, get a... Get the college. college. Get, in. Yeah. <laughs> get get some get something uh, in order to pay it. Scholarship. Something. 800-259-9231. You bring up whatever you want. It's the SACL CAI toll-free line, and this is Free Talk Live. Live, you can bring up anything if you dial toll-free 800-259-9231. That's the SACL CAI toll-free line. It's Ian here with you. And Nick. And Mark. And you can join us on our website at freetalklive.com. The features are free, so enjoy those on us. And freetalklive.com features including the archives. If you've missed a moment of the show, just click and download. They are completely free, and they go back for an entire year. Free for you, freetalklive.com. We continue with your phone calls to Dan in New Jersey. Dan on the amp line. Hello, hey, Dan. Guys. Hey, what's on your mind tonight? <clears throat> yeah, um, I'm calling about, I have a question, and I'm not sure uh, what position I take on it, but do you guys think that it's a, uh invasion of one's privacy, like when you, you go somewhere like Walmart and they stop you as you exit the store and they want to look at your receipt and look at your bags and stuff? Absolutely not. Your thoughts, gents? Um, no, I mean, I, I think they're they're in the right to do that. I don't think it's the best customer service. It doesn't. If they were doing that, it wouldn't make me want to go back to that particular store. But I think they have the right to do it. I think that uh, the the person they have at the door um, should, you know, c- cl- looking through the bags and that kind of thing should have a billy club and a pair of jack boots. What is that supposed to mean, Mark? Well, it's it's annoying uh, personally. I mean, I don't I don't particularly like being treated like a villain, and that's I feel how they're treating you. Now you can run your story store any way you want. Yeah. You can have the handles on your shopping carts electrified with a 12 volt battery <laughs> if that's what you choose to do. Yeah. And I'm not going to say you can't run your business in any way that you wish. However, if you're going to look through my bag, then kneecap me on the way out too, so I know for sure I'm being treated like a jackal. I don't feel that way. Uh, I feel. And maybe it's the difference between me and you, Mark. I mean, having worked uh, for a number of years in retail, I understand that loss control is a reality in the retail workplace, that there are people a, that do a, come in and yeah, steal pe- things. People steal things, and most of them work there. Uh, I don't know if that's true. Absolutely. But. The biggest problem with theft in a retail location is from the employees. Why don't you search okay. your, um, your employees' butts on the way out, too? 
I think that's a little invasive, but uh, but I but I understand as somebody who has uh, worked in retail that you've got to cut down on your loss control co- on the uh, the costs that you're that are walking out your front door, because then if you don't do that, you have to increase the cost of everything in the store to compensate. So that's why a loss control department exists. That's why they have cameras up in the store, and it's why at some stores they do elect to have a doorman checking people's bags and checking their receipts. And it's just a, I think that I understand where you're coming from, Mark, and I. I can see that uh, clearly people feel strongly about this. I, however, feel good that this particular agency, the store, is attempting to keep their costs in line, which means that their costs will be lower on their uh, their price tags, and that's a good thing for me. The guy in the jackboots with the billy club costs money, Ian, and the fact is they're not going to lose as much. He pays for himself by saving products from running yeah, out the front door. Go ahead, Dan, with your thoughts. Dan? Yeah, um... I guess, uh, well, what do you think should happen if uh, someone refuses the the search? Like, I actually, uh, I I just tried this uh, tonight. I was in Walmart. Mm -hmm. And, uh, you know, of course, they've got their little old lady checking receipts and bags on the way out. And uh, she was actually uh, stopping people, and there was almost a a line forming, you know, as she checked people. And uh, I just walked right past everyone who was standing in line waiting to be checked. And, uh, you know, she was like, oh, you know, sir, sir. And I just uh, completely ignored her. I just kept walking. That's what I would do. And she probably followed me for, um, you know, like 20, 25 feet or so, trying to get my attention, you know. Oh, sir, I I know you hear me. And uh, (laughs) I just kept walking and went to my car, and she gave up, and I put my stuff in my car. And, I, you know, I wasn't sure what was going to happen. I didn't know if uh, they maybe had some kind of on-site security guards or if they would call the police or or what. But, um, you know, I I, I guess my question is, um, if I refuse the search, then what are they going to do? I mean, they could refuse you, your business Ian, in the Ian, future. Like, Ian, you say that you're, you know, you think that the store is within the rights to do this. Well, okay, so what? So what authority do they have over me to make me stop? They don't. And, you know, search my person. And they where don't. Do they go? Can they I didn't go say they pocket? had an authority to do that. Well, more, legally speaking, in most states, if they believe you're willfully concealing or shoplifting, they do have the authority. An agent of the merchant does have the authority to detain somebody in the store until police arrive or in a free market world until the protective services. But that's not why that he was, that's not why those people were being stopped. They're not all under suspect of being shoplifters. It's just a policy that helps deter shoplifting in the the, first place. I could see it enforced to the point where the loss prevention guy says, no, you're waiting right there. And he's going to make you stay right there. I could see that too. Yes, but here's the question. I mean, he's not under suspicion for walking past the little old lady. What if the little old lady had been a guy with jackboots and a billy club who had come up and kneecapped him because he didn't stop? Why would you be shopping there in the first place? Why, you know, that's I understand. That's not the question. What if he had that? What that means is, is well, if you shop at a place where there's a guy wearing jackboots and a billy club at the front door, then you know what you're getting into. I don't think you do. Uh, you don't. Just, you, don't? <laughs> you think that so, because somebody open I mean, carries they, on their hip that they're like going to they, shoot they you? They don't have a sign. 
they don't have a sign out front saying, you know, all shoppers are subject to search by Walmart employees. And that's why you can walk on through. That's why you can walk out. Yeah. Look, I'm of the opinion that this um, that, that this company, whether it's Walmart or whatever um, company, because plenty Best of them Buy. do it. Uh, Best Buy does it. Any company is allowed to do that, and that's fine. Once they put your, their hands on you, they better have a good suspicion that you've stolen Absolutely. something. Absolutely. Otherwise, um, it's wrongful imprisonment or kidnapping. Right. Or and if well, they ask other, you... Otherwise, they're probably going to get into a fight with a lot of people people like if they ask you who you are you don't have to tell them who you are on the way out i mean there's no reason for that now it's possible they could look at your credit card or something like that and then attempt to bar you from the store they've got camera they've got cameras in there yeah, they but they're not, it's not going to be effective do you understand i mean that that the next 22 year old pimply faced dork isn't going to yeah. remember who you are so i you know i understand why they do it I think that it's a. Um, I think it's somewhat invasive, and I, I don't. I don't appreciate it. I don't like being treated like a criminal. I would like rather it not happen. Personally, I wish we lived in a world where uh, where people were not stealing things from the stores. Because if that were the case, if there was no, it was if there was a very small amount of loss at certain stores, then these things would not go on. Uh, but because people are really stealing things, and you can expect, by the way, in a down economy, for more stealing to go on. So you could probably you'll probably end up seeing more of this kind of behavior. I think that we, I wish we could live in a world. Where these things Whenever didn't have I get to stopped like that, what I say is, you know, statistically, you're more likely to be stealing from this store than I am, right? The employees steal more you stuff than customers do, to them. and that's what I, you know, that's what I tell them. So I try to turn the employee against mm-hmm. the policy. I the, see. The policy stinks, and if you can't I've figure been... out how to keep your products from being stolen out of your store without putting stationing somebody by the door in order to rifle through people's crap, that, that that's just you're running a bad business as far as I've I'm concerned. I've never been to a store where they've done this. I You've never been that's... to Best Buy. I've, not they don't have them around here. There's not one I, nearby here. I, There's some down in Massachusetts. No, I mean, I thought that's what the dinging things on the door were for. It was. And but apparently some <laughs> some stores have decided to take it to a different step. And I've never actually had Well, I can some, see having somebody buy... Like, if the alarm goes off, that means something wasn't scanned. So I can see... Asking somebody to stop if the alarm's going off. Maybe somebody just missed the scan. In a lot of cases, uh, they check big things. Uh, for instance, and, and Dan, I don't know if you had more thoughts on this. I'll hang, uh, hang on to you if you do. 800-259-9231 if you want to chime in on this discussion, how you feel about bag checks. But in a lot of cases, uh, my, at least from my experience at Best Buy, you know, if you're walking up to the front of the store with a 37-inch television on a pallet jack, or a pallet rather, uh, not, not a pallet, uh, what are they called? Floats. You're walking up with a float. They're going to check you. More on the way. It's Free Talk Live. Hey, podcast listeners. I've been working with a couple of advertisers who have concerns about the ages of our podcast listenership. Generally, the younger the person, the more likely they are to fill out a survey. We need to counteract this trend. Please, take a moment to go to survey.freetalklive.com and let us know your age and sex. That's survey.freetalklive.com, especially if you're over 25. Talk Live. You can bring up anything by dialing toll-free. 800-259-9231. That's the SACL CAI toll-free line. And it's Ian here with you. And Nick. 
and Mark. And you can join us on our website at freetalklive.com, all the features we give to you. So enjoy those on us, including the archives. If you've missed a moment of the show, just click and download. They're completely free. Front page of the website at freetalklive.com. The 57th running of America's legendary sports car classic runs Saturday, March the 21st at Sebring International Raceway. The mobile 12 hours of Sebring presented by Fresh from Florida features the fastest race cars in the world. Gates open Wednesday, March the 18th for four days of action, action, actions, culminating in the big 12-hour classic on Saturday, March the 21st. For ticket information, visit SebringRaceway.com. Sebring, the biggest sports car race of them all. SebringRaceway.com. All right, 800-259-9231. We had Dan call in, and he did drop off the line, so I guess he had his had his say on the bag-checking issue. It uh, was a, a discussion that generated some heat here in the studio, some conflict, and that's a good thing. So we continue here with your calls and talk to Dave in Michigan. Dave, you're on Free Talk Live. Hey, guys. Hey, Dave. Uh, Colin, chime in on the uh, door-checking issue. I used to work uh, undercover security in retail back when I was in college, so I've got some insight on that. Okay, please. Uh, Mark was right that uh, most of their inventory shrinkage, it's about 80 to 85%, is internal. Wow. Uh, so instead of checking bags at the door, what they should do on the back door is just kick every employee in the crotch on the way out, huh? <laughs> right. <laughs> or, or at least, you know, their their inventory problems and all of the, you know, uh, most of what they can't account for is is, uh, is loss of inventory. Yeah, but you know, from a from a property rights perspective, you know, it's, there's no question. I mean, they have the they have the and I would support their right to ask you to check their bag on the way out. From a business decision, though, it's it's just a horrible, horrible policy because essentially what you're doing is a management by exception approach where you're treating all of your customers like potential thieves to potentially discourage or catch the one in a hundred thousand or whatever that is. And, I agree uh, with you that it is a distasteful thing. However, the reality is people steal things from these stores, and if you can lower, as you know, if you can lower the amount of theft, you can keep your prices low. I mean, you're saying it's a bad business decision, but plenty of people shop at Best Buy, and they're right. doing all right. In fact, Circuit City's out of business, and they didn't check at the front That's door. That's because a vast majority of the American population has been turned into cows by our you know, police I state. See. And I'm sorry, you know, I, I just don't support it. No. No, you cannot look through my bag. Right. And that's now what, what you want to do is either, is either not give them your business and let them know why, or, uh, or uh, and by the way, yeah, uh, if, if they do, you know, they're asking you if they can check your bag. Mm-hmm. Yep. You can you can quite simply say no thank you and keep and walking like like the gentleman said and uh, and at that point um, they you know in order to they can't physically touch you. They can't stop you physically if you just say no thank you. And they know That's that true. because if they once they've laid a hand on you, they better have damn good cause for it. Excellent cause. <laughs> There's no to... doubt about it. I, I absolutely agree with you, but I at the same time understand the, these businessmen and I I have no objection whatsoever in showing them uh, my receipt. Ian, None whatsoever. The, look, uh, yeah, the fact is, it's it not costs, like they're. It costs you keep money for them, them. It costs money for them to mop their floor too. Do you want them to have it? What if they made you take your shoes off on you the way in? You keep calling them jackboots, Mark. But it's. Just I didn't say anything about jackboots. I asked you what you if, what if, them what if the, their requirement earlier. was that they took your sh- you take your shoes off. I mean, well, I wouldn't shop there. But there you go. That's all I'm saying. I'm not saying that they have to do anything. I just think it's a so, terrible, so terrible you policy. Think, so let me see if I've got this straight, Mark. You believe that if somebody puts a uh, television set on a float and walks it right out the fl- front door, no problem with that, right? You're saying there's no problem with that whatsoever? If, if there's reasonable suspicion, like 
hey, I didn't see anybody. Uh, where's the receipt that guy? Well, you know, he didn't go through the cash register area. How did he buy that? That's yeah, fine I mean, with me. Yeah, and there's there's plenty of ways to handle that. I mean, stores put uh, uh, a big security tape across it after it's been paid for and rung up, and mm-hmm. and I mean. I but mean, if the there's people, nobody at the front door, then it's easy to just run something out the front door. So I've seen I don't it care happen. if somebody stands at the front door, Ian, as long as he doesn't, you know, attempt to go through my bag. Okay, Mark. Yes. Calm down. Look, man, you'd eat glass if it would save you a quarter. That's that's all it is. It's about for you. Oh, I see. Okay. Anyway, any other thoughts? No, that's the gist of it. Yeah, that it's just mostly about. Uh, it is a request, and and. Uh, if you don't want to stop, you don't have to. Yeah, I find it a reasonable request. Thank you for the call. 800-259-9231. Mark acts like he's, uh, you know, marching him, uh, being marched off to the gas chambers. I, look, I, I know what, I, the fact is, I've thought about it, and I'm of the opinion that it is just one more step into turning the American people into cows. And yes, I do think that it will, at some point or another, the governor, the government will try, and I don't know which government, and I don't know when or where, but I do think that it will try to, to you know, get rid of a certain segment of citizens. They, it's been proven before mm-hmm. that they do this, and this is just one step down that road. And I, for one, will not participate. And I will give the opportunity to the um, the employee standing there. I'm going to tell him, look, this is what I think. I think you're three times more likely to be stealing from this store than I am. And them going through you going through my stuff is. Pointless. Well, thank goodness you have Amazon.freetalklive.com from which you can shop and order virtually anything you need without having to even go anywhere. No proctology exam or anything. We continue with, uh, I believe we have Ben in Pennsylvania. Ben, you're on Free Talk Live with Ian, Nick, and Mark. Uh, Hey, guys. I just wanted to uh, make a quick comment and ask you guys a quick question. Certainly. Um, The first comment I wanted to make is, are you guys aware of the computer program called Skype? It's like a voice-over internet protocol program. Yep, very familiar with Skype. Yes, sir. Yeah, I'm actually using it to call you guys right now. Excellent. Um, Anyway, apparently Skype hasn't been complying with the government wiretapping orders or whatever, and I guess the government can't force them to uh, comply with it. And also, uh, when you call someone using... Yeah, I agree. Uh, But when you call someone and using your... uh, Like I am now... Or if I'm calling from Skype user to Skype user, the call is actually encrypted. And apparently the NSA has offered, I forget whether it's either, either like a million or a billion dollars. It doesn't really matter because they just kind of print up the money anyway. But they're offering a large sum of money to any person who can make a computer program that can uh, eavesdrop or somehow unencrypt or whatever uh, Skype to Skype uh, phone calls. Hmm. So they're not somehow just leaning on the Skype company and forcing them to comply? They're trying to do it from an outside perspective? Um, that's what that's what I've uh, gathered from doing this. I guess it goes to show that uh, private companies do have somewhat of a uh, incentive to keep their uh, uh, people's uh, self private. I suppose. I mean, if if it's going to result in them losing business, and then they are certainly motivated to protect their customers. If their customers are saying, "Hey, we want to be private, and uh, we don't want you to give up info to the government," and they have the courage as a company to not do those things or to to actually follow their customers' demands instead of the demands of the state, I think that they should be absolutely rewarded with more business. That's a that's a heroic gesture on the part of Skype, and there are very few companies that will take positions like that. So, if what you're saying is true, then they deserve to be lauded. And 
and and talked about and promoted uh, in the same way that I, I believe it was Quest Communications that also refused the federal government back when there was news about how Verizon and AT&T were over, which is basically turning over call records and all kinds of information to the NSA. And the I believe it was Quest that refused to turn over their customer information, which was, uh, again, fantastic. So it's few and far between that we hear these stories about companies actually standing up to the federal government. But when it happens, in many cases, they're very successful uh, in their in their disobedience, if you will. And I think it's great news. Was, uh, was, was there a question in there, or did you get to that part yet? Uh, yeah, I have a quick question. This has more to do with, um, well, it's about Privacy Harbor, but it has more to do with search warrants and uh, encryption stuff. Okay. Um, let's say that, like, everyone in the Free State Project is using uh, like, Privacy Harbor to uh, send encrypted messages to each other to coordinate their civil disobedience or whatever. Now, um, if the New Hampshire government or whatever wanted to read people's emails to, like, uh, find out what they were up to, would they have to get, could they get one search warrant for Privacy Harbor and then be able to search through all Privacy Harbor's emails, or would they have to do it on a person-per-person basis? I guess it would depend on whether or not Privacy Harbor keeps everyone's emails, and I would th- I would have to you'd have to approach Privacy Harbor and ask them about that. It would seem unlikely they would do such a thing, uh, you know, keeping some sort of log of all the emails that were ever sent at a place called Privacy Harbor seems unlikely. But I I can't speak for the company. We don't have a representative on the line with us, so. Give them a, uh, shoot them an email and ask them your questions. Not to mention question. that they're in Washington State and New Hampshire's uh, you know order isn't going to do them much good. Yeah, it's out of reach of their jurisdiction. Thanks for the call tonight, dude, and uh, good luck out there. But as far as pe- people in New Hampshire keeping their communications private, eh, we can address that in moments. This is Free Talk Live. Only moments remain. Maybe enough time for your call if you make it right now. 800-259-9231. The SACL CAI toll-free line. It's Ian here with you. Yeah, Nick. And Mark. And you can join us online at freetalklive.com. All the features are completely free. So enjoy those on us. Again, freetalklive.com. And if you enjoy this show, you can learn how to promote Free Talk Live over at promote.freetalklive.com. whole list of things you can do. Most of them are low cost or free and help get... More people listening to this show, more freedom in the ears of many around the world. You can, uh, again, do that over at promote.freetalklive.com. And Free Talk Live is brought to you by the Free State Project. It is your only choice for liberty, or the best choice, rather, for liberty in your lifetime. You can get details on the Free State Project over at freestateproject.org. Again, freestateproject.org. It's not too late, by the way, to get on board for the upcoming New Hampshire Liberty Forum. All the details are at freestateproject.org slash libertyforum. For that, you can use our discount code to save 10%. It is 2009 FTL. That's 2009 FTL. So save 10% on the upcoming New Hampshire Liberty Forum, which is really coming soon. I think it's, what, Thursday next week when it starts. So we're looking forward to seeing many of our listeners there because we're going to be broadcasting live. As we continue with your phone calls, Mark is on the line in Kentucky. Mark, you're on Free Talk Live. Hey there, guys. You all are too much fun. Mark, what's Thanks. on your mind? Uh, go ahead. Oh, well, I guess I could start out saying that uh, I've got a complaint about uh, Gateway Foods. I think appetizers always lead to dessert. <laughs> That's very cute. Uh, can you continue quickly because you've got a hum on your line and it's uh, I almost do. intolerable. I do. Right. We've got this uh, still water on the line from the freeze. We had uh, frozen ice about two weeks ago. But also I could say that uh, uh, Social Security is a gateway tax that leads you to probably pay taxes that you don't really owe. <laughs> yeah. Very good, sir. Thank you for the call tonight. Appreciate hearing from you. Get that uh, line cleaned up. Thank you for the call. I understand. Yep. Well, let's talk to Josh in Kentucky. Josh, you're on Free Talk Live. I, I want to talk to people for longer, but if it's bad audio, we can only take it for so long. Josh, you're on Free Talk Live. How are you guys doing tonight? Hey, what's on your mind? 
Well, to be honest, I'm uh, very pissed off right now. Take a deep um, breath. What's going on? Well, the only way I know how to get rid of the singer is to talk to like-minded people, so I'll go into it. Uh, my friend got arrested yesterday for weed. Uh-oh. What was the situation? And, uh, well, the situation was that um, she was driving with a couple of people, and uh, she was in the back seat. Uh, the girl that was driving dropped her cigarette, and they swerved. Somebody reported it in, mm. and uh, 30 minutes later, cops on their tail. They get pulled over, and... Uh, the cop says, have you been drinking anything tonight? And the girl tells him no, and there's a beer can in the back seat. So he finds the beer can and then says, well, you didn't hide this very well. Is there anything else I should know about? Uh, do you have any weed on you? And she says, well, yeah, we do have a little bit of weed on us. Oops. You know, first mistake right there. Yep. Besides the beer can. Wait, which one was and, it? The, uh, was it the driver that admitted that? Yeah, that's the driver. Okay. And, uh, well, my friend was... Uh, she had a quarter bag in her purse, and uh, she had allergy pills, and they charged her with that, too, <gasps> saying it was a controlled substance. Oh, no. Were they her pills, or were they someone else's prescription? No, they, they were her pills, but um, I don't think they were in a, the right container or something, and that's why they did that. But she's looking at a uh, Class D felony, 10 years. 10 years? for the? What, is that for the pills? That's for everything. So is 18-year-old year old girl. It's more than one friend. felony. Presumably, right? I'm, I'm pretty sure it's just one felony. Just one but felony? Yeah, she says she's looking at 10 years. That's what they told her. But they could have been lying, you know. They're, they're sure. all liars. Who knows? Absolutely. Absolutely. Yeah, you could get 10 years, but if you answer our questions, then uh, the will go easy on you, as though they have any control whatsoever uh, over what goes on in the courtroom, which, of course, they don't, but most people don't yeah. realize that. So They they'll... can make a recommendation one way or the other. I think it has some sway. Maybe, but they're usually just lying to get you to give them information so they, they can bring up that. more charges. Not uh, only yeah. that, but they were uh, they were strip searched, all of them. Wow. Yeah. That's so sad yeah. too, because essentially, I mean, the, uh, the would your friend have known to not say anything had she been the driver? I'm pretty sure she would have kept her mouth shut. That's unfortunate to be driving around with somebody else that doesn't really know how to keep safe when dealing with the police. It's a very risky thing to do, but uh, the reality of the situation is most young people just don't know these things. They just don't know how to interact with the police. It's certainly something they don't teach you at government high school, uh, and it's it's sad, man. I, I hope that it's probably gonna, going to be the case that if she hasn't been arrested before for such things that she'll be all right. I mean, if she really has a prescription for those pills, she'd probably be able to show that in court. And then it'll just be the marijuana charge, which is, if you said it was just a quarter bag, shouldn't be 10 years in jail. That seems pretty unlikely. Yeah, I think so. I mean, New Hampshire is a pretty draconian place uh, as far as drug laws are concerned. But there was a a young man that uh, Julia works with who got busted for like a whole gram of MDMA. And I think he's going in for like. 60 days or something like that, or 90 days. or So, I mean, it could have been far worse, and it could always be worse, but in many cases, it won't be that bad the first time around. And hopefully, the next time around, she'll know better than to be driving around with people that don't know what they're doing. Yeah. That's no consolation, however, for where she is right no. now. It's not going to make her feel any better, and it certainly is not going bummer. to make you feel any better because your friend is going to go into jail. Uh, certainly what I would suggest is that you keep in touch with her. If she ends up going to jail, that uh, you be the friend on the outside that doesn't forget about her because a lot of them will. They all will, pretty much. I'll try to do my best. That's about all you can do, and uh, give whatever support you can. Show up in court, and any other thoughts for us tonight, Josh? 
That's it. Thanks for the call, dude. I hope you feel better, and I hope that all works out and it isn't as bad as it could be. Now, as far as dealing with the police, when you uh, when they are pulling you over, you are under no obligation to answer their questions. It, it, that's true. In, in this case, there was already probable cause to search, so they were screwed from the moment. The what cop was the probable up. cause when she said, yeah, you have marijuana? Open oh, beer, a beer can. can. Sorry, kids, oh, don't yeah. keep beer can, open beer cans in your car. I just It's the best advice you can have. I'm not saying the cops should be able to search if they see open beer cans. Just don't have them in your car. I don't think that a cop... Okay, but, but here's a question, and maybe one of our law enforcement officers listening could answer this. If you have a bag of marijuana in your pocket, or let's say inside your bra, this was a young lady we're talking about. So let's say you've got your marijuana in the in the bra, and there is an open beer can in the car. The cop can search the car, right, for more beer cans? Is that the idea? And the driver. And the driver, the but can he, ser- he can't... Be- he can't search for a bag of marijuana. He doesn't have probable cause to look for I don't know why he'd be able right? to search the driver um, for if, if he's been looking for, you know, because he has an open beer can. I, the the yeah. driver is, has committed a crime, open container. So he's already established that the driver's committed a crime. That is, that's probable cause for a breathalyzer. That, I'm, that would hold up. They could court. arrest the driver. And they could impound the car, and then they can search the, the car. The passenger is kind of I'm I'm not sure how it would play out with the passenger, how how in what capacity they could search them. I would imagine the court would let them get away with a, a quick pat down. It's a terry but, pat. They can always yeah. do a terry pat. The cop can get a terry can do a terry pat, which is just a uh, frontal and uh, just a. It's, it's for pop- weapons. Yes, also. that's what they're allegedly looking for is for weapons. Uh, that because uh, the cops can claim that they're scared that somebody might have be concealing a weapon and that they could pull it on them. So the, if they feel something that they claim feels like a weapon, they can then pull that. I mean, from I the hear pocket. a small crinkly weapon. Yeah. The fact of the matter is, you can you can try to assert your right not to be searched, but basically, if if you're Underage, certainly, and if you have an open beer can in the car and that's illegal in whatever jurisdiction you're in, if you're in that car, you're getting searched, and if they find something, you're... You're, it's going to hold up in court. You most may. Uh, well, I don't know. I, I wonder about that. I'd love to hear what uh, one of our law enforcement officers listening has to say about that, because you should refuse the search. I mean, if you have the opportunity to refuse a search, make it clear that you refuse consent to being searched, whether they ask or not. For permission to search you, you should make it clear that you are not granting them permission to uh, to search. You are not consenting to their search. If they do go ahead and search anyway, at least you can then say that you did not consent to that and it was it was illegal. Because if they're after if that the, I guess the ultimate question is if there's an open container in a vehicle, does that give the cops the probable cause they need to search every occupant of the the vehicle? That's I guess the ultimate question. And will they do what they want anyway? Sure, some cops will. But what are their rules? I don't know. We'd love to hear about them. And your thoughts as we continue with your calls. Nick in Texas. Nick, you're on Free Talk Live. Hi, guys. Nick, what's on your mind tonight? Well, uh, originally I was going to call and talk to you guys about uh, there was a not really a racist, but a guy who's always talking about the Jews this and the Jews that. Oh, he's he's um, a bigot. If not a yeah, racist. Yeah, a, a bigot, yeah. Um, I was going to talk about how if you're white, you generally share Jewish blood anyway and How's science that? and stuff. But this cop story actually kind of got me excited. Uh, um, I kind of had a similar situation happen to a friend of mine, and like I totally know where the guy is. You know where the – oh, where where Josh is coming from who was calling yeah, earlier? Yeah, exactly. How he's feeling? Yeah, it's a very um, – uh, But at the same time, like – 
we 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 have a I don't know like almost everyone that I know has been caught with something, and uh, I've been sitting in a car where each person had an ounce on them, full car, everyone, and we had gotten pulled over, and you know you just know what to say, you know how to act, and you um, made it through yeah. it. Oh, yeah. That's good. I mean, and people need to take the time to learn those things. We're out of time tonight, though. I thank you for the call. It has been Ian here with you. Yeah, Nick. And Mark. It's worth it if it keeps you out of a jail cell. See you tomorrow night online in the meantime, freetalklive.com. DVD, books, music, instruments, periodicals, computers, software, electronic, photo, cell phone, office product, home and garden, bed and bath, furniture, kitchen, pet supply, automotive, hardware, apparel, shoes, jewelry, grocery, healthcare, sports and outdoors, toys, games, used and more. It's a department store at your fingertips. Amazon.freetalklive.com. Get all your shopping done, a great deal, delivery to your door, and a percentage of your purchase will go to Free Talk Live when you enter Amazon through Amazon.freetalklive.com.